0: This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves... And bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Adamo, And Mark. Now, normally, uh, Dale is with us on Monday nights, and I don't know, he's missing in action. So uh, Demo agreed to come down here uh, tonight and join us. And I'm glad, actually, it, it ha- I'm glad it happened like this, because Dale was unable to make it to today's main event Uh, For lack of a better term, unfortunately, we had to do this uh, today. We had to go, I mean, we didn't have to, but from a moral perspective, it was the right thing to do. It's good to support Uh, activists who are making a stand. Right, to go down uh, to a superior court in Grafton County, New Hampshire, which is about two hours drive from, uh, from here in Keene and it uh, supports somebody named Bob Constantine also known as Claus. now we've actually had bob uh talking to us on this program in the past about what he's facing and he's facing uh, facing felony charges i don't know how many charges maybe different ones maybe just one i don't i don't know but he is facing at least one felony charge on probably like 30 counts for all I know cuz they're alleging he had 30 marijuana plants growing at his house or 33 or 35 like that. 35 yep yeah. so usually all of the each one could be a felony but I don't know how they they're
1: work they're dangerous it. little plants
0: yeah I don't know how exactly the law works in uh, in New Hampshire and I bet Jason Talley from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund can clear some of these details up for us cuz Jason uh, you've been following the case very closely you actually happen to live at Bob Constantine's house uh, so if there's anybody much any closer than that yeah if there's anybody who's got their finger on the pulse of this case uh, it certainly is you is this jason yeah hey this is jason hey jason appreciate you coming on the uh the show tonight of course we spent the day with you today you were there recording the trial uh which likely that uh the trial footage will show up at some point on uh, cdevolution.org i would imagine yes
2: oh absolutely yeah we have so much great footage i know uh Ademo took some footage also um it was great seeing so many shire activists show up and work very well
3: together as a team
0: yeah well this is out of the way too for a lot of folks i mean this is uh for us it's two hours for people in manchester probably another couple hours as even well even the
3: folks up there in grafton is like an hour drive for you guys yeah so. exactly yeah, it's like an
2: hour and a half for everybody and of course uh, bob constantine has been doing this drive back and forth delivering papers and you know finally it's trial time and it was great to see so much support today i mean i saw about 25 people in um you know in the seats to uh, support them and then a lot of people woke up early drove there and they were doing some sign waving uh there was a sign making party in in Grafton a couple days ago and um you know just to get the message out cuz bob has been silenced on uh being able to say a, a lot of things um you know about uh, the medical use of uh, of marijuana um you know what what the penalty could be which is outrageous they could put a peaceful man in a cage for 7 years yeah and uh, charge him uh, or force him to pay over $100,000.
1: Right, and I think that's absolutely immoral um, when the the court does not allow the jury to know what the possible um, punishments are for finding this guy guilty. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I mean, as a defendant, you can't say, look, I'm facing seven years and a $100,000 fine if you find
3: me guilty. The court nope.
1: won't let you say that it's it's immoral.
3: It's also the biggest tool the state uses against you in in bargaining, though you know they say, oh, instead of facing seven years, do this year and don't worry about it. You know, so they use it as the bargaining chip. But yet, yeah. when it comes down to the the rubber meets the road time in a trial for yourself, you're not allowed to use it as the same right. chip to a it's jury. Disgusting. They, so they use it on you, but not on
0: them. Clear up something for me, Jason. How many charges is Bob facing?
2: Um, I, do you know? I don't know. I mean, okay. I, it. it I, what, It's so confusing because marijuana is on the same drug schedule as uh, any other drug. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, what some people might consider harder drugs like heroin or crack or cocaine, marijuana, a plant that grows from the ground, is on that same schedule. Um, But, you know, and they call it manufacturing a controlled substance, which of course is ridiculous. But, um, yeah, so the penalties are just very severe. They call. New Hampshire, the live free or die state, but we're surrounded by other states that have some level of uh, decriminalization.
0: It's embarrassing. There's no doubt uh, New Hampshire certainly needs to uh, to play catch up in that area and or exceed uh, what the other states have done. But that's not more of a political conversation. I want to focus more certainly on what, uh, what transpired today, because there was a lot worth talking about. I, I expected, uh, Jason, to come out to support Bob, because he's doing the right thing as far as I'm concerned. This is a man who could have taken a plea bargain. He mm-hmm. could have taken, just like most people do, he could have taken the deal and probably ended up with what, pro- probation or something like that? To- uh,
2: his sentence would have been over by now, and yeah. it, it might have even just been community service, but he he would have still had a felony. Yeah. Um, and he was no, there's no way he was going to ever cop to a, a felony because... He's, he hasn't done anything wrong. I mean, right.
0: He knows he hasn't harmed anybody, and he right. certainly made that point during once, the trial. Once you have yeah. a felony, you can no
1: longer, according to you know, New Hampshire's laws and the, state, and the United States laws, you can no longer carry a, a firearm to protect yourself and your family.
2: Yeah, yeah and um, we'll find this out uh, tomorrow when the, uh, we'll see. But we think that the, uh, the snitch neighbor is going to uh, testify – and we've heard some things about uh, this person's, you know, violent tendencies, and so if you want to, you know, and, and Bob's place is out in the woods, it's pretty secluded, so you're not going to be able to call 911. I mean, nobody really can for protection, but, you know, you have to be able to defend yourself. And. To disarm yourself like that yeah. uh, would just make no sense
0: at all. And, uh, you know, to some extent, he's doing it because he knows he, like you said, hasn't harmed anybody. And he's literally challenging the the prohibition here in New Hampshire by taking this to trial. It's a heroic, incredibly brave thing to do. And the least I figured I could do was was show up and, and lend whatever of my support I could to the process. But I expected that today was just going to be, I mean, I've been to so many damn trials. I'm used to just sitting in the court and then you know that's that's that showing support and doing what you can to be for, be there for somebody uh, but there was a whole lot more happening today at that courthouse uh, as far as activism opportunities and things like it that seems some
3: of the past activism that the guys over free Graphs and they've done they, they were geared up a little bit for us they were trying to limit uh, our ability to film by putting more notes on the door i mm-hmm. mean right, right off the uh, right out of the gate we had to defend everything that we we wanted to do for the, for the whole day.
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy today. And and Jason, you were inside filming the uh, the entirety of the proceedings, so I don't know how much you were privy to of what was transpiring uh, on the outside of the uh, the courtroom. But I certainly want to get into some of that. Obviously, there's a there's a lot to cover here. But the most important part is that, as you pointed out, I think, but it, it deserves repeating. There were over twenty, like you said, twenty five people that showed up today, and the majority of those folks were there all day long 9 a.m. 8 a.m. to 4 o'clock in the afternoon we're talking about an entire full business day and this trial is expected to go for at least another full day maybe even longer
3: i i don't know how much how many more witnesses this prosecutor has to, to call exactly i think as, as prepared as they were for the filming aspect of this stuff they weren't prepared for the the crowd number i think and i think some of our comments as many of us politely tried to talk to some of the participants on the uh, on the state side or of law enforcement's um, you know, it's starting to take a toll on them. I mean, at the end of the day, they weren't even commenting back anymore. They were just kind of waiting for us to like run out of juice.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: So
0: right out the gate, one of the first things that they tried to do was to restrict everybody from bringing in any kind of electronic device.
3: Right, with the same old trick, though, just putting the note on the door, which means right. a well, lot. They,
2: they had uh, people go through security checkpoints twice, mm-hmm. once when you walk in, and once when you walked into the, uh, the theater um, room. And uh, I've never seen that before, and I've been to that uh, court many times with Bob. And so, they and they made you made people put their electronics in their vehicles, which is crazy. Normally, they let you just turn off your phone, but they wouldn't even allow for that. So, be, they, the reason that they said they did that was because they didn't want the undercover police officers to be filmed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it's funny, a prosecutor, her name is um, uh, Melissa Pierce, she was saying, "Oh, well, you know these." Cops could, um, you know, they could be in danger, and not just because not because of marijuana growers, of course, like Bob, but because of people that you know do cocaine and heroin. So she's admitting that, you know, like Bob at least, and people that use marijuana aren't the ones that we have to worry about.
1: Now, um, answer me this: Why were undercover cops involved in the first place? I mean, was was he in any way uh, caught in an undercover sting? I mean, he was just growing some plants at his house, right?
2: No, it's just a matter of a uh, a snitch neighbor um, saying that uh, they found some plants and uh, got the police involved.
0: So- so it's a good question, Mark, and I think that the answer is that it's the New Hampshire Drug Task Force, which is a state agency that focuses on drug enforcement, uh, were the agents that that were involved here primarily, and I guess some of them have done or are doing undercover work. We can come back more on the undercovers here in a moment. T- uh, Tally, you want to stick with us? Please. All right, more with Jason Tally from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. This is Free Talk Live.
5: Join United States Marine Iraq veterans against the war activists, former radio show host, and New Mexico's congressional candidate Adam Kokesh as he goes to Washington to take that hill. Kokesh takes his successful radio show to mainstream television on Russia Today. Adam vs. the Man premieres April the 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Adam Kokesh is the man who gives the millennial generation a voice. That's you. Get the information needed to be empowered with Semper Fi.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And we are discussing the so-called justice system and our personal experiences uh, that we encountered today as we went to support Bob Constantine, also known as Weedaclaws, in his jury trial for so-called manufacturing a controlled substance, aka gardening. And uh, he's facing up to seven years in prison for gardening, this particular controlled substance uh, that we know as uh, cannabis or marijuana or pot. And we'll continue that discussion here in a moment. But speaking of substances, Mark, uh, you can get your hands on some medications. How? Yeah, real drugs, as a matter of fact. Um, Hey, now, wait a minute. That's not to say that cannabis isn't a real drug. Cannabis
1: right? is not a drug. Uh, it's a plant. Well, and THC sorry, is you a ca-
0: drug. I, you, yeah, I'm fine. If
1: you distill out THC, then you'd have a drug. However, By real you drugs, have... you mean something made in a laboratory. That's correct. Gotcha. The, <laughs> um, and you get these. These are prescription medications that you need. Uh, and you're getting your prescription meds at a local pharmacy. You're likely paying a lot more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount prescription services will get you your meds at discounts as high as off and they'll deliver them right to your door. They test them to make sure that there aren't any counterfeit drugs. You're not getting a generic if you're paying for a uh, name brand. All you have to do is call meds. Excuse me. Go to meds.freetalklive.com. They do have a telephone number there at that web page. And uh, on the left-hand side of the page, you can click become a member. Their customer service is excellent. They'll walk you through every step of the way. I've been to their offices. I've been through the process. I think you'll be extraordinarily happy with meds.freetalklive.com.
0: So we're recapping with our friend Jason Talley, who is from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. He's the managing director. Uh, Jason, are you back with us? I'm here. We're recapping our experiences, uh, our collective experience today at the Grafton County Superior Courthouse, uh, where, again, uh, Clause Bob Constantine is being tried uh, his first day of trial. There are going to be at least one more, maybe a couple more days uh, worth of trial here and uh, he's doing a great job, I think, of defending himself, by the way. This is a, a gentleman who at, at one time, I guess, had taken on an attorney, poured a bunch of money into that attorney, uh, pre- proceeded to go broke on the attorney, apparently, and has now taken the case on his own. Mm. Um, and he's doing, I think, a pretty good job. Don't you think?
3: I think he's doing a great job. I mean, like I said, the only one issue I wish that some f- activists would take in the courtroom is uh, the prosecutor gets up in a courtroom setting and they they list out the elements of the law in which they're going to prove you're guilty and it's normally about 3 to 5 points. I would go up in there after that and say, "Yeah, I did all those, but I mean, the issue's here, are what you can do on your property and does the government have any right to tell you what plants you can or can't grow there or what you can or can't put in your body?" You know, like Mark was saying before the break, using undercover officers, the the government isn't even efficient enough to understand that these officers should be used you know, if, if for they're undercover so, stuff exactly, if that's what they're if, for. yeah. If their if their uh, identity is so secretive and and re, re, their job required that they wouldn't have used them for this when just a neighbor snitched. There was no undercover work needed. Then they used them. Then they need to testify. It just shows you the inefficiency in the system and the hypocrisy of their control over your your own property. That's and the nonsense of
1: an open judicial system, right? Like we're supposed to have an open judicial system, but oh, the government can screw around and, and bring in undercover officers right. to just shake down a house when. There's no need for an undercover officer. And as a result, no filming can go on. Uh, these officers' faces can't be shown. And it just it takes the, the judicial system, which is supposed to be open here in the United States, and closes it right up.
0: Well, speaking of not showing those undercover officers, Jason, you had told me that when you were trying to get permission to uh, or let the court know that you were going to be filming, uh, they put some restrictions on you, didn't they?
2: yeah at the last minute the uh, prosecutor uh, Mosa Pierce uh was trying to say she she just flat out lied she said that i didn't turn uh, any paperwork in in time, which is ludicrous. I turned it in early um, and then she she gave three different options for um, how we can handle the situation either and this is she gave these options to the judge, either not allow me to film at all um, or we could have um the cameras. Pick up audio, but not video. Uh, or we could. Uh, there's some kind of precedent where undercover officers have worn disguises or ski masks. <laughs> and so I actually God. took this stand last week um, to, you know, uh, put on the record that she was lying. And I did say I cannot control, you know, what people, uh, you know, what law enforcement officers wear. So if they wanted to wear ski masks while testifying against Bob, I, I guess I would be okay with that. <laughs>
3: And what footage that would have made, right?
2: Yep, exactly. Um, but uh, so yeah, we 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 had in order for me to cover this thing, and I've been covering this story for quite some time now, and so I'd, this is definitely go time. I wanted to get some footage today, but the. Uh, Sorry, the judge made me point the camera to the wall, and then he had a bailiff come by and make sure, and kind of like sit right next to me, Mm -hmm. um, which was ridiculous. So we have audio, but we don't have video of these undercover officers, or I should say I don't have video of these undercover officers. Um, I was inside. You guys were outside. Can you tell me what kind of footage
3: you guys well, got? Yeah. There, the, there was four officers that testified today, so after everyone would get off the stand, we we kept getting a system that we would tweak after every uh, officer testified. But for the first one, we didn't know exactly where the back entrance was, so it was uh, Pete Ayer and myself, who's also with uh, LibriantTour.com. But uh, we were outside trying to see what entrance these officers would come from, and with our two-ways, he alerted me that the officers were coming out actually with a jacket and i thought maybe a ski mask i'm not exactly sure on the ski mask part but he's walking pretty good having a jacket over his head and uh walked into a car and then they they sped off and we realized kind of which way they went and improved the plan the next time to uh to follow them and ian and i actually went out and followed a couple officers to Do a you mean municipal in a car? Yeah, yeah. We, after they drove off we tailed killed them. them we tailed That's them. right
0: uh, well they were trying to take these guys they had an escort essentially because they didn't want to park them in the actual parking lot of the courthouse so they parked elsewhere and so they were t- essentially escorting them back to where they wherever it was they had parked so we wanted to find out where these guys were parked and you know uh, essentially ambush them with video cameras right and try to ca- try to capture their image and these guys are desperately trying to hide themselves when they got out of that car they courtroom. should have
1: never been doing this I mean uh, the, the fact that these cops uh, don't stand up and tell their bosses look I I'm an undercover law enforcement officer. What are you doing sending me to, uh, you know, BF nowhere to do a shakedown in a house when you don't need any undercover work there? Because
3: nobody else would ever take this to trial. Everyone else takes the plea deal. They never thought they'd have to be in the stand. Right.
1: My God, law enforcement officers not planning for going to trial.
3: Right. It happens all the time.
1: What has the judicial system
3: uh, diminished to? Not to mention, these guys don't have a problem cashing their paychecks every week that we have to pay for, but we can't see their face. I can't say I was very to answer your question, Jason. I can't say I was b- very successful myself at actually getting one of their faces. The one guy who walked through the hallway, I probably can get a, a still shot from. Uh, that well, yeah, the I guy that, that pulled up name. his
0: his coat all the way above his head, that
3: guy, yeah, and then assaulted me, uh, slapping my hand and camera, tra- right. trying to knock it out of my hands. Um, and the other one that we chased down to the parking lot. I shouldn't say chase, just followed uh, to the parking lot. I might be able to pull a still from there because, again, these guys are so ashamed of what they do that they put uh, jackets and full fledged folders while they're driving over their faces so that you couldn't see them because they don't want anyone to know the- their faces. And imagine, imagine because
1: they're for so proud second, of what they do. These, exactly. This guy in a courtroom, in a uh, court lobby area, a, pl- a public place, slapping somebody's hand because they're videotaping.
4: It's crazy. Now, I, I,
2: I, I did hear from another activist, I didn't see this firsthand, but uh, that uh, like, one of the officers when they walked in uh, passed some like black fabric over to the prosecutor, Melissa Pierce, and then uh, we believe that was a mask. So we believe they were masks. Yeah, I've seen that. It,
3: it didn't look like a, that he wore a ski mask through the hallway. <laughs> so.
2: This is this is uh, New Hampshire and uh, you know United States of America for you where law enforcement We're wearing ski masks.
0: Yeah, it's really it's really scary. And uh, I'll tell you what Jason, you want to stick with us here for the remainder of the hour and talk about That'd this? That'd be great. Thanks. All right, more with Jason Tally here in a moment from cdevolution.org the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. He is the managing director and uh, more about the
4: weed clause trial here in moments.
0: We'll also take your calls
4: later about anything. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts. Attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from libertystickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's libertystickers.com. But wait. (laughs)
0: This is Free Talk Live, dial-in toll-free, bring up anything you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there for free. Uh, Features including listening options. We've got live streams, both broadband and dial-up versions. Plus, they are available around the clock, 24-7. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is there for you. In addition to that, we've got XM Satellite Radio on board now during the week, which is excellent news, plus our free-to-air satellite uh, option. In addition to that, there's also great radio stations from coast to coast, uh, over 90 stations that carry this program, our webcam, and our listen lines that allow you to listen from any phone that can dial long-distance. If you can't get Free Talk Live into your ears, it's not because we're not trying to to get it. We're doing our
1: best here, people.
0: Yeah, so go to listen.freetalklive.com.
1: Also, if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, most folks didn't get into their line of work because they like the paperwork that's involved and they like collecting on uh, bills that might be uh, somewhat overdue. SACL CAI will take the stress off of you and your business by handling collections. early out. They can do early out billing. They can purchase charged off receivables. Go to freetalklive.com. See their banner. It's the top one on the right hand side of the page. It's SACL CAI.
0: All right. So uh, we're going to continue here. We've got Jason Talley with us from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. And Jason, uh, are you there, sir? Yes, I'm here. Before we go on, what is the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund?
2: Well, basically, we support the good people who disobey bad laws, people like uh, Bob Constantine. I mean, it's great what we were able to do for him today. Uh, we had two cameras in the courtroom um, that were, <laughs> for some reason, the court allowed that because they were supposedly under my control. And then uh, I had a, um, my tablet computer, and I was able to live uh, post on the CD Evolution Facebook page, uh, yeah. and people seem to really appreciate that with the live updates. I've got to say,
1: I really enjoyed it. Um, I was able to follow this all day today without, you know, getting my my butt out of my chair. I could see everything that was going on, and I really, I, I have to say, thanks, Jason. I know you're not you're not compensated for your time in this in this manner, and I and I thank you deeply.
2: Oh, well, well, I appreciate. It. I mean, I. I like giving the people support. I think it's like the least I can do because you have the, just these wonderful shire activists that are willing to, you know, put their necks on the line for other people's freedom. So, uh, and that's why I encourage as many people as possible to, uh, you know, support what the CD Evolution does, uh, whether it's uh, through donations or time or just helping spread the word about these, uh, these good people who disobey bad
4: laws.
3: Right, and others who are out there should uh, that are thinking about not taking plea deals or something like that. You know, we, I, I, me personally, I'd support anybody. When we do the flyer outreach, that's what I'm telling people: Hey, if you're not going to take the plea deal, let us know. There's the free keen forums, et cetera. Like, I'd love to come out to. You know, I, I don't even know Bob that well. I think I don't even think I met him before today. Really? And yeah, I mean, I've seen him around. I've seen him in the videos, and you know, just a great, great sense of guy. But I'd still go and support anybody who's trying to take this fight. That's I what mean, activists are like exactly. here
1: in New Hampshire. Is they'll, you know, I mean, if you're if you're on trial for any. Anything anywhere, you can expect nobody but maybe your mom to show up. Yeah, that's right. And here in New Hampshire, if you're part of the uh, Bob's mom was there today, by the way, yeah. good woman. Yeah. Um, the but if you're part of the the activism movement here in New Hampshire, we don't have enough activists that to, to send somebody to every trial. However, you guys are out there handing out literature to everybody at the Keene courthouse um, to not take the plea deal, Sorry. giving them advice and, and did it today too at the crafting people, court. People that reach out to you, you you reach back.
2: Well, that's what I want to do more of. I mean, uh, one story that I covered for Tally TV was uh, nurse Patricia Smith. She was in a, a similar situation to Bob. Uh, they actually um, claimed that she grew more uh, marijuana than Bob, and she was sentenced to uh, a couple of years. But Bob and I were the only people, uh, you know, sitting there um, and wit- being, you know, serving as witnesses for what the state was doing to her. And I just want to, you know, I. I live in uh, in Grafton, so I want to cover this area well. Just you know, look at the papers and see all the victims of uh, government violence, and there's going to be plenty. And I want to tell their stories, and I think that's going to be good to uh, you know build more alliances yeah. with our uh, our neighbors and. Uh, yeah, and, so- and I agree. There's
0: a lot of growth that, uh, that needs to happen. I, you mentioned there were only a, a couple of folks out to support this Nurse Patricia, and that was – you kind of found her halfway through the whole ordeal, and there wasn't really much time to kind of promote her story until after the fact, unfortunately. Uh, but in this case, you had a room full of people. I mean, almost – i wouldn't say we filled up the entire room but uh, we're, close. we're, we're close. spread well across the whole room and as you said 25 plus people uh, attending today just an incredible turnout uh and mark uh, yeah you're right we can't uh, we can't go to every trial for everyone out there but everybody who's in the activist movement absolutely has people come out to support them at uh, yeah. at their trials and it would be great to expand beyond that uh you know it's at some point in the future but it's really important to point out this is really early on we're oh, still sure. early movers all of us here on the uh, Jason, you on the phone, all of us here in the studio, we're early movers to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. There, I think we just crossed the 900 mark officially right. of Free so Staters in New Hampshire. A
1: fewer than 1,000 official movers for the Free State Project, and actually 200 and something of them were in-state residents right. from the very beginning. Participants is a more accurate. Particip- okay, participants. Yeah,
2: well, well, Bob is not a Free Stater. He grew up in New Hampshire. He just right. has common cause uh, with us. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I'm I'm, I'm not so concerned about, you know, whatever the goal of the Free State Project is, to move people here. Now, I want to move people here, that's for sure. But I came here because I want to be in a courtroom with 25 other people supporting one another and doing some outstanding activism.
0: Oh, absolutely right. And you just can't get that anywhere else in this movement, at least that I'm aware of. I mean, there are some uh, there are some little uh, activist activists. Alcoves out there around the the country, uh, but to have the consistency of people being able to c- to come from miles around to support somebody in court is an incredible thing that happens and it happens on a regular basis up
3: here. yeah for those who remember Jason uh, and I did uh, motorhome Diaries back in o uh, nine and I know i i 'm sure he would uh, say the same there's a few pockets like you were mentioning you know phoenix uh, San Diego, and uh, Austin. Austin sure that are good, but here man New Hampshire, everyone's second this blows everybody out of the water if you oh, yeah, I for freedom.
2: Uh I was—I uh, ran the bureaucrat activist network for a while, and you know, was always looking for activism and, and trying to support it and, and foster it. And I, in my entire career there, I didn't find what I found in New Hampshire. Once mm-hmm. I, you know, the, from day one.
0: Yeah, it's it's actually absolutely been an incredible experience. Nothing for me. like it. New Hampshire is singular. So you can come up and join the fun. In fact, we're going to tell you about the Porcupine Freedom Festival here in a little bit. A great opportunity to come up and experience what it's like to be around some of these great activists. Now a
3: whole week long. Uh, Exactly right.
1: Now um, with extra days.
2: I told uh, Evan Pierce's mom to uh, to tune in because I wanted to update everybody about uh, his plight, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. That was one of the other things that still happened. We really haven't even touched on some of these things that transpired today. Uh, one of the things they did right out the gate when everybody was in the courtroom, we kind of skipped past one other thing we'll come back to. Uh, but you're right, it is important to get out what's going on with Evan. Because he's also known as the Emperor of uh, of Free Grafton. You guys have had some uh, some elections, some Free Grafton elections up there at FreeGrafton.com, and uh, in real life, you've actually had these. And he was elected Emperor of uh, Free Grafton, and uh, you know, as the Emperor, he has you know certainly the the wherewithal to decide on his own clothing. And so today, they started to get Emperor's upset. at for that, right? They uh, started to get upset at you, Ademo, uh, and another activist who had hats on in court. And it was during that whole situation that Evan apparently fashioned his own little hat out of a piece of paper, uh, like a little origami hat, and set it up on top of his head as well. And exactly, maybe you can and recall the, better yeah,
3: at the time. The man in the robe, because the bailiffs came up to me and then they, they asked me to remove my hat, and I said no and that it's not a law, and that I'm I'm finding that, that it's harassment, that they are asking me to remove articles of my clothing... And, uh, it's also
1: that, discriminatory. I'd like to point out real quick um, that if you're, you know, Catholic, you've got one of those little round hats, or Jewish, you have got little little round hats. Mm-hmm. Quakers uh, have historically been able to wear
0: hats in courtrooms. Right. Yeah, they didn't and, care. We brought that up. They and, this is, you're
1: right, and this is another great thing of being an active. It's in a also room sexist, with so many too. Actors. Yeah, exactly. Because women women can, women can wear hats. So I mean, you have a court which is acting in an unfair fashion. Who the heck can respect a court that isn't fair? Right, but that's every, what
3: they're supposed to do. But though every, every state employee today, the bailiffs, then the sheriffs that they'd call told me to take off my hat none of them actually wanted to force me to take off my hat and being in a room with 25 other actors all these comments are coming back and forth so they don't really know who to focus on oh, yeah they we can't... were
0: not sitting in there quietly when that uh, man in the road well, was not in the chambers exactly
3: normally uh you're outnumbered by bailouts. so when eight guys come up to you until you to take off your hat the one person yeah. takes off their hat now when these eight guys come up to you and 25 people say no why blah blah blah. back and forth it's it's you know it's quite entertaining from our side but yeah so they told me to take it off and then they all waited for the judge to come back and that's well, when we had the conversation
0: right and then the uh, the man of the robe comes back in and he addresses you well supposedly he says with well, a gentleman with the hat please approach the bench and he didn't give any more specific uh identifying information and and evan actually walked up and approached the bench with his little paper <laughs> hat on yeah, that's and, uh, jason we'll come back and tell the rest of the story here in a moment at 800-259-9231 it's free talk live
6: this Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated, so send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com yourfamilytoday.
0: This is Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. Though your thoughts on uh, the courtrooms of America, prohibition, etc., certainly uh, are preferred at this time. We're talking about Claus and his trial uh, that happened today. It's a jury trial. that actually got started today. It's not yet even over. Prosecution has yet to rest, so uh, we're not even halfway through uh, at this point. And it is uh, going on in Grafton Superior Court in Grafton County, New Hampshire, kind of away from a lot of things. Took us two hours to drive up there today, another two back. And it was well, well worth the trip. Uh, Damo is here with us from copblock.org. Good evening. Uh, Thank you very much. Mark, here as always. Uh, Jason Talley, also joining us, the managing director of the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. Jason, are you there? I'm here. All right, so uh, we were talking about Evan Pierce. There's a lot that went on in this trial of Bob Constantine today. He was on trial for growing allegedly over 30 uh, marijuana plants, and he's heroically taking this to jury trial rather than copping out to a plea bargain. So we'll talk more about that here in a moment. But there was a kind of a, a, a distraction at the very beginning when the man in the robe started uh, getting uppity. Well, not uh, even the man. The
3: bailiffs first. And then right. the bailiffs had to go tell the man in the robe that people aren't doing what he says. So yeah, he came back in the room after... Me and the bailiffs, they stood down but called the sheriffs. Then the sheriffs told me to take it off. They stood down. The hat. The, the, the hat, the, yes. Right, because you weren't taking it off. Right, because you know, people were going back and forth with different arguments on why you shouldn't have to be or quit harassing. Let's move on. There's bigger issues here, et cetera, et cetera. So the robe man comes in. They leave the issue alone, so they, they pretty much said they're going to let the robe man tell me to take it off. He comes in and is telling me to take it off, looking at me. But Evan, he's telling me Would to the Would the gentleman in the
0: robe please report to the bench or something? Or, or the hat. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you. Gentlemen, I'm a little uh, Lack of... <laughs> so I've been awake sweet. since 6.30 in the morning, which is really unusual oh my for God. me. So uh, yeah. <laughs> right. forgive me if I'm a little spacey. So
3: as he's looking at me, uh, Evan comes down and he's... The guy, the man in the robes, like, "What are you doing?" And he sees this little hat on his head. Evan a little, has
0: a, a little homemade paper hat on that, that he he's put, literally
3: on. fashioned in the half an hour,
0: <laughs> yeah. the fifteen minutes we were talking with these bailiffs. And Evan
3: mentions things about religious freedom or something else I can't quite recall. And then the judge has him, the man in the robe, has him whisked away to the back room. Yep, contempt of court.
2: Which yeah, so we don't we don't see him for the rest of the trial. But once uh, the the trial was done for the day. Uh, then we find out there's going to be an arraignment uh, before the same judge, the, the same judge that was offended. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Evan comes in shackled. I think he had leg uh, chains uh, on also that were yep. connected to uh, chains around his, his arms. And, yeah, I mean, if you, you know Evan like we do, he's one of the most peaceful guys that you want ever want to see. You know, I mean, he certainly... Uh, you know, stands up for his beliefs.
0: He's but, also uh, about as skinny as I am. I mean, the guy is not a very large dude, and he had five. Not imposing, yeah. Five hulking bailiffs standing behind him this entire yeah. time. And
3: yeah, he was I amazing at it. that point, too, cl- clanking his change, a little music, and singing some tunes. Right, he
0: had a microphone in front of him, one of these little desk mics with the long kind of stand, the, the stand that you sort of move around a little bit if mm-hmm. you need to. Uh, he had one of those mics in front of him, and so. Besides just leaning in to speak into it, he also at one point while the the man in the robe was doing something, raised his chains and put the chains right in front of the microphone and started clinking them on the uh, the mic. It was very funny, and he read some poetry uh, from memory at one point as well before the well, man. Well, it robe was came it,
2: in. it was a great moment because um, there's what's called the peaceful assembly choir here in Free Graft, and and we had been practicing uh, five different songs that we would sing at a bunch of different occasions in support of. Um, uh, Weed a Clause, they were Weed a Clause, the Chronic Christmas Carols, written by Richard Onley. And so uh, from memory, he starts singing them, uh, and then one of them, which is our signature song, was Hands Off Weed a Clause. Hands Off Weed
0: a Clause, Hands Off Weed a Clause.
2: There's no criminal here. Yeah, yeah it was great. And so people started picking it up and start singing it, and um, it, it was, <laughs> I thought it was a great moment. Uh, yeah, that was
0: absolutely the first time we've ever had that I know of, singing in a courtroom. It was pretty cool.
3: Yeah, I thought it was awesome, too, and it just goes to show you, even though these people are, are oppressing on uh, Evan for wearing a hat, I mean, of all things, um, he still is a peaceful person, has a, a good right. attitude, you know, and, you know. Yeah, he could have been really angry,
0: but he he, he did have a very positive attitude. So what's the latest? I mean, they uh, we're going to let him out, they said, on $500 PR bond, if he would just give them his address, but there's news, yeah?
2: Right, yeah, so, uh, you know, everybody took off. Uh, I stayed behind with uh, John Connell at the Peaceful Assembly Church. And um, and so we thought we were just going to collect him once he, you know, processes and everything. Come, so he didn't come out for a while, so we went around to the back door of the sheriff's department, and we were told that uh, he wasn't going to be released tonight. And so I'm like, uh, trying to get more information, come to find out he's on his way to uh, Cheshire County, uh, where Keene is. Um, he has an offense that uh, he's going to probably spend some time in a cage for um, just from over a year ago, for a marijuana possession himself.
3: Mm. Oh, that's awful. Was this at
0: so, the Pumpkin Fest when he was arrested? Do you recall? Uh,
2: it, it, it may have been.
0: There's just so many charges. There's so many charges and so much uh, disobedience and non cooperation up here. It's 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 hard to keep uh, keep track of it all. It's yeah, so, I
2: believe I believe that's what it's from. So I hope our uh, good allies and Free Keen can uh, can help keep an eye on Evan.
0: Sure. And, uh, and imagine that uh, folks could visit the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund uh, website at org. I know that's where you were live blogging today uh, on the CD Evolution Facebook account. That's linked to right there at the front page. So people that wanted to keep up to date and will keep up to date tomorrow, because, again, we're going back tomorrow. Uh, you're going to be, I presume, live blogging uh, tomorrow as well, yes?
2: Yeah, I sure will. And I'm also, uh, once I get off the phone uh, tonight, I have a video I'm going to upload um, of uh, Evan committing the civil disobedience, and I'll do some write-ups uh, of today. And, um, yeah, for everybody, it'll be another late night for me. But uh, I think uh, Bob deserves it, and, and Evan deserves it, and uh, it just the story needs to be told.
0: Well, speaking of telling the story, we've got great resources here in New Hampshire. And it's, again, early on. This is just getting – we're just getting the ball rolling on this movement. Uh, but you could go over to – if you wanted to and, and join over at the uh, the Free Keen Forum at forum.freekeen.com and post up kind of a summary of what's going on with Evan to kind of really get the word out to the activists here uh, about what's happening. If you could do that, I'd appreciate it. And then I, I bet the ball will be picked up at that point.
2: Uh, absolutely. Uh, but you need to turn on my account.
0: Oh, you should uh, – yeah, we'll talk about that later. All right, yeah. so uh, Jason Talley with us from the uh, Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund here. Uh, what else did you want to highlight from today, Jason? Because there are a few other things that I think that we can talk about with you off the air. Um, we've we spent the whole hour with you here so far.
2: Yeah, well, I need to uh, to bounce anyway, but I just want to thank you guys uh, so much for showing up, as well as uh, Pete Ayer. I mean, it was awesome to have, uh, you know, free Freakiniacs and uh, and the Cop Block team uh, there to uh, support Bob. And, uh, oh, I just wanted to say, um, like you mentioned before, it's not over. So, uh, Shire activists can make it uh, tomorrow.
0: Absolutely. I think it would be best if we could fill the courtroom tomorrow. Instead of having 25 people, it would be great to have 35 or 40 or 50 people uh, show tomorrow. I think that would make things even more interesting.
3: Right. Also, and I believe there were the numbers to the courthouse were posted too on your, the CD Evolution or your uh, Facebook page there, Jason. So, if folks can't make it or are from out of state, you know, appreciate a call. Just they could call know. that prosecutor.
0: Exactly or call the county attorney and uh, demand that they get rid of the charges, right?
2: I think that's important. I think it's important to, you know, show concern for uh, what what Bob's going through and uh, you know just just check on his his uh, uh, status and and safety and uh, you know the more they hear from uh, from, from us I, I think they'll get the message
1: you know i think that actually that the telephone calls are probably the most effective thing that people can do i i, I think above and beyond going to court because the, uh, the the prosecutors have an expectation that they're going to have people in the uh, the audience that uh, disagree they're not able to really protest you can't stand up and say you're a stinking shill for the state you one
0: you guy did actually protest. stand up in court uh today and... and Right, and that's something I was
3: going to mention about the Evan thing is that that man was just asked to leave... Evan, when court, and that was during court while it was like going on when the real serious Right, a guy just spoke up.
0: I mean, he didn't start cursing or anything that like right. that, but he, he let it be known what he had to say about Bob.
1: So, uh, yeah. you know, if that, when that, you know, the, the, the prosecutor, uh, you know, expects a, a gallery with some uh, agreement and some disagreement um, with them, but what they do not expect is something on their voicemail when they get back to the mm-hmm. office saying, hey, this is just disgusting. Yeah. How can you live with yourself? You know, that yep. kind of thing.
3: Hey, I think the phone calls are really effective as well, but I mean, if we could, if you could get like 200 people to go into a courtroom, that would be, I mean, think I of, don't know th- what th- difference it would make, quite honestly. Well, you, I mean, for for one, the you trouble they had yeah, with they 25 of, well, they had trouble with 25 of us today. I mean, 150, I mean, oh, yeah. some of these guys would really start thinking about their jobs. I mean, there already are. I mean, 50 people screaming. I'm not saying but, not to
1: go. I'm J- just saying that I think that it's a huge effect making these telephone calls.
0: Jason, how could people who may be in the, uh, the northern, eastern New England area who might want to come uh, get the information to do so?
2: If they go to cbevolution.org, there will be links to uh, the Facebook uh, page where it has details about how to get to the court. It has the phone number uh, for the uh, Melissa Pierce, the deputy county prosecutor. And, um, yeah, the, the more the better. And, you know, one question I like to ask uh, often to, uh, you know, people that are um, you know, government officials that are harming peaceful people is, you know, how do you think uh, history is going to view your actions? Mm. Um, and it's not going to be favorable. I mean,
0: depends we, on who writes it.
2: Yeah, well, once we, yeah, well, I mean, I'm starting to meet these people, you know, that uh, who are being caged for, you know, self ownership, you know, for using plants for growing their own medicine, and uh, they're wonderful people, and uh, it's it's a shame what the states trying to do the, do to them, and it has to stop.
0: No doubt about it, and I appreciate all your efforts, uh, Jason. You really are the uh, the man when it comes to to covering this stuff. And again, folks can go to cdevolution.org to get the latest on this and many other uh, civil disobedience situations that are you know, continuing to develop here in new hampshire thanks jason appreciate the time tonight thank you guys we'll do so another much. recap tomorrow more coming up hour two's next free and now it's time for letty's easter countdown the part of the radio show where letty comes out and counts down
6: 13 more days till easter sunday you know you're ready for easter when those white pants and pink
5: golf shirts don't seem like such a bad idea
0: this has been Larry's Easter Countdown. Tune in tomorrow for another Easter message.
6: VeggieTales presents, T'was the night before Easter. Get ready to celebrate the season and discover what helping others is really all about.
0: I've been working on an Easter-themed
6: musical. Up with bunnies. We need a star. Cassie Cassava.
5: She's big time.
6: It's an all-new Easter adventure full of bunnies, music, and love. Featuring American Idol finalist Melinda little as Cassie
7: helping one another well, no reason why
6: we're here. Tales was the night before Easter available at Walmart, Family Christian Stores and retailers everywhere. Own it today on DVD.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It doesn't just have to be our courtroom experiences, though. If you've got something interesting that uh, you want to share with as far as uh, what you've experienced in the crazy world of the government court system, the so-called justice system, Uh, there's certainly no shortage of stories. But we get really interesting ones because we live in New Hampshire and uh, we moved here as part of the Free State Project, meaning we came here to get active uh, toward advancing the ideas of liberty and to get together with other people that want to get active. And one of the ways that folks do that is they come to the defense of uh, others who are aggressed against by this violent monopoly known as the government, whether it be the feds or the state guys or the local boys. Uh, They come together and they come to uh, come out in droves almost to support their friends. And in some cases, people they don't even know. I mean, Adamo is with us here tonight from copblock.org. And, Ademo, you were saying that Bob Constantine, for those of you just tuning in, also known as Claus, you never met him before today. Nope.
3: Seen him in some YouTube videos that uh, Tally had put together at Tally TV and uh, never met him. But got a lot of respect for him. Appreciate the fight. I'm sorry that the government has to do these things to him. And- He's a
0: 52-year-old man who was allegedly growing over 30 marijuana plants at his home in you know the woods in Grafton, uh, New Hampshire, and minding his own business doing it for medical purposes this is a guy who has some hip problems. He's you know, did some sports early on in his life and he's hurting. Right.
3: And his only mistake seems to be to have moved and bought a property and built his dream house next to the wrong individual. Next who, to a snitch. Who instead of coming next door and maybe discussing a problem and resolving it through you know conversation, yeah. he calls men with guns who need to hide their identity with jackets and what were they wearing, ski masks today? Uh, yeah, these 10 guys, points?
0: Right, so, so anyway you're right, the New Hampshire Drug Task Force comes out they uh, they raid this man's house and they uh, you know they Steal arrest his him.
3: property take him to jail right and they know. charge
0: him with uh, this felony count so the guy's facing three to seven years in prison so we came out there today and uh, I don't know Bob very well but I have had the chance to meet him prior to today and I when I heard that he was on trial even though it's a two hour drive from here to. Uh, to Grafton County Superior Court, I wanted to make that drive because I thought, man, this guy is a hero. He's standing up. He's not taking the plea deal. He's going to be one of the first drug cases to actually go to trial in a long time, uh, you know, an actual jury trial. And so I wanted to be there to support him. So you and, uh, and uh, Pete, who are both from uh, CopBlock.org, as well as LibertyOnTour.com. Correct, LibertyOnTour.com. And uh, you guys came out with me today, and uh, we also had some some other folks from all around the state, so over 20 people attending this trial. And there was just so much... Some of the shenanigans that uh, were going on today, just courtroom shenanigans on the part of the government uh, people who I'm sure that they're not the only ones. They're not used to, uh, to dealing with, uh, with activists. They're, they're just used to, like Mark said earlier, having somebody come in, maybe have their mom come with them to court,
3: have them cut a plea deal, and, and that's that. Well, I think to clarify Mark's point, he was saying the shenanigans is both-sided. Their shenanigans is oppressing on our rights and is controlling of our actions. Ours, we're, we're voluntary individuals. I so. understand
1: where if you're you coming from. If you call asking
3: I... questions shenanigans, Mark, Right, or...
1: like like you didn't go looking for a little trouble, like you didn't know that if you wore your hat that you are going to have some trouble. Like I am just saying. Should I have? Have for wearing. A I'm not hat. saying
3: you should. Is it
1: shenanigans though? Right.
3: And and Ian not being
1: allowed. He to... He always break. has that hat on. It's right. on right now. Yeah. He Often
3: wears the hat. You should see my hair under here. It's a distraction. <laughs> so I was glad we we're on radio tonight.
0: So uh, so just a couple other things that happened. One of the things that happened right out the gate. We didn't get to cover last hour. Was this crackdown at the front door of the courtroom? So we're screened for whatever, when we're coming in, weapons, at the front door uh, with a metal detector and the whole deal. And then when you get to the actual courtroom door, they had restricted all electronics from coming into the courtroom. Well, at
3: first, they let you walk through the first two doors into the room. You open one door, a little hallway, another door into the actual courtroom. But on that first door, there was a note. Signed by some judge right. who claims to be able to make laws after writing pieces of paper down and signing. Right. Thou
0: shalt not bring in cell phones and cameras. Right. And
3: it didn't say electronics on there. But when you got inside, it did say electronics, and that's what
0: they said. Right. The Man, that the was the bailiff, the, the, the security officer that was there was uh, wanding people and saying, "You just can't have any electronics in here." And and so as I was outside the courtroom, I'm hearing this from people who'd already tried to go in. Oh, you can't go in there with uh, with that stuff. Oh, really? So I went ahead and and walked in and figured I'd uh, see how far I could get.
3: and You engaged one of the bailiffs for one of the probably the better conversations I've seen where you and him go go back and forth about how many restrictions on the free press he can give.
0: Yeah, I uh, I I'm pretty sure Tally got video footage of this because he was, so was already set up with his uh, camera in there. And I walked right up to this, you know, bailiff who's much larger uh, than I am and, you know, basically looked him straight in the eyes and asked him all kinds of questions about freedom of the press and he was telling me to get out of there and turn around and you need to go away. You've got electronics because I had my laptop case with me, I had my cell phone as uh, as well. And I had intended to, you know, be there and to be able to like do do like, jason was maybe do a few uh updates on the facebook to let people know what was going on and and uh, take notes and you know, take care of some emails as well because trials aren't the most especially when the state's yeah. witnesses are up there bring uh, and
3: despite popular boring. belief we all actually have jobs right so
0: i was hoping to get a little bit of work done and uh you know i made the point that i'm the news media and so i just want to make sure you're uh you're clear you're telling me that uh the news media is not allowed uh, in this in this courtroom i mean that was essentially the gist of where i was coming from but it was it was a long and standoff answer, at
3: one point was oh no the news media is loud your equipment isn't you know right these are my red. tools okay. so. i'm
1: not media yeah. unless i'm able to access the media okay what right. do you want me to do draw stick figures here man send them out on the back of a turtle
3: but yet again, and maybe it was because this man doesn't have the authority to do so, whoever grants all that stuff, but um, he didn't really want to arrest you either, or make you leave, or turn you around to get you to leave. He
0: wanted me to leave, but yeah, he wasn't able to, sure, he wanted to make the the arrest. problem to go away. He
3: wasn't going to be the one to use force, right, so he called the sheriffs, who then, there was probably six or six of them, I think. I don't point? know, there were
0: at least a couple that I was dealing directly with, and they attempted, you know, kind of the same thing, and I was pretty much just standing my ground. At one point, he walked away, and so I walked further into the courtroom at that point, so I actually did... Gain a little bit of ground because this guy was standing in the way of the entrance. At one point, I did have the opportunity to just walk further in. And so I did. Uh, they then didn't want me to sit down. And, uh, and and eventually, I told them, look, if you guys with the guns threaten me, then I am going to leave because and I was doing this all in a very loud voice. So everyone in the courtroom could hear. And uh, if you guys with guns threaten me and tell me that I need to leave, then I'm going to leave because I am afraid that you're going to, uh, to p- possibly hurt me and put me in a cage. And eventually, after a while, they did end up making the, the threat that they would arrest me if I right, if I, I believe
3: there. those are uh, grafting county sheriffs. But, yes. Um, yeah.
1: Right. And this is wait – a, wait a second, America. I want you to understand what's going on here. The host of a nationally syndicated radio program with a press – Badge was told that he could not go into a courtroom with recording materials here in America. Now, please, call in. I want you to do it right now. Call in and tell me, we have the best system <laughs> that ever <laughs> in the world, and this ain't no kangaroo court like they got in Afghanistan. Yeah. I mean, please, call in and tell me and,
3: and, and Mark, and if- It was more confusing than that, though, because it wasn't just recording advice. The note on the door said recording advice, but the individual through. the the door, said any electronics. All electronics. So it wasn't even a... a- you know standardized rule amongst the And I said look I I understand you guys are we doing We could your-
1: have sharia law like next week. You got to watch out we uh, we got to give up
0: freedoms. So they send the clerk in at one point. So after the uh the bailiffs and the sheriffs couldn't successfully get me out of the courtroom, then they call in the clerk. And so this is like the guy that's in charge. The clerk of court is essentially the head of the entire operation. They then call this uh you know this scrawny pathetic uh, guy in, and, and he uh, then attempts to assert his authority over me, and I'm like, well, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't really remember. It was so long. This whole thing was so lengthy. I don't remember the whole thing. Uh, what happened? of course, I wouldn't leave on his command either, and he didn't get any headway with me. He tried to ask me if my laptop had a camera in it, and I said, well, I'm not really sure what all of its functions are, but I can guarantee you I won't use anything like that. I'm just going to use it to, you know, do other note-taking sorts of things. And I was, I was trying to let them know that, look, I'm not here to take pictures of your your undercover cops, if uh, we're going to do that, we've got hidden cameras that we can do that with. I didn't tell him that, mm-hmm. uh, but that was kind of the irony of this whole situation, is they're making this big deal out of stopping everybody with a cell phone and a it's laptop from getting in. not even
1: about the recording. Come on. We know it's not about the recording.
0: It's about obedience. It's about obedience.
1: Compliance. Yeah. We need to create things that these activists that don't like to comply with our rules right. must comply with. That we'll be able to drag a few of them off and make examples of them and do whatever it yeah. is well, that they, they do.
3: Although I think today was more about protecting these officers. Actually, I mean the recording was allowed on other circumstances then things. Exactly. things. Mean, that's my point. They, they were stupid today.
1: I mean, how many people carry? I, I, you could you can get a recording device in a pen, in a uh, watch fob. You can have it in all kinds of things
0: yep we're coming up here at 800-259-9231 more courtroom shenanigans on the way and of course we'll take your calls as well about whatever you want this is free talk live at 800-259-9231 This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. Uh, so enjoy those on us. And if you like this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Get a whole list of things that you can do to get Free Talk Live On more radio stations and into more ears around the internet as well, Uh, promote.freetalklive.com. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound?
1: How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event's what you want to make of it. There'll certainly be some speeches and even a debate. But the boat has an ice skating rink, rock-climbing wall, miniature golf, and a whole bunch more to do. Plus, shore excursions. The ship leaves... Bayonne, New Jersey, in uh, November, but you need to reserve your berth now. We've secured some more rooms. I can't promise anything as far as the rate after April the seventeenth. Rooms right now are as low as about uh, six hundred dollars double occupancy. Go to cruise. .freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com.
0: All right, let's go uh, continue here. We'll take your phone calls about whatever you want. We'll come back to some of the more courtroom shenanigans. They don't all have to be run together because there's a bunch of them. Uh, but first, let's go to Dan listening to WNYY in New York and Ithaca. Hello, Dan. Hi.
8: Um, yeah, uh, Saturday you were talking about health insurance. And, um, Tom Hartman went to Europe and uh, he was in Denmark and he talked to all the right wing politicians there and none of them wanted to trade what they had in denmark for what we have in the united states now I'll give you um you were talking about this head of britain's uh, um um thing that couldn't get uh their operation and i'll tell you why that probably is a little more ambiguous than the way you presented it um in the u.s if there's money you can always get the the treatment that's got a snowball's chance in hell working um a former co-worker of mine has, just came down He. He collapsed at the pizzeria he was working at, um, and uh, he's got stage 4 lung cancer throughout him. Mm. And they rushed him right off for chemo and and uh, uh, radiation. And um, the reason, his wife has health insurance through the school district. Um, if he were in Britain, they would give this a, a line and say, you know, uh, what's the chance is this going to work? Uh, one in a hundred thousand, maybe? Um, and say, sorry. Um, the same with Carl Sagan. They, uh, Carl Sagan got sick with something and they decided to do a bone marrow transplant on him. And uh, he, uh, basically they used enough radiation to kill all your bone marrow cells and then they give you someone else's. And so I don't work. really
0: understand what you're driving at here. I mean, I'm not somebody who defends the medical establishment. I think that alternatives are, are very important, and the government system uh, certainly actually works to favor uh, the medical establishment. So I'm not really sure what you're getting at. Yeah,
8: well, what, what I'm saying is that in the U.S., if, if that woman had enough money for plane fare, she could have come to the U.S. and get and gotten the treatment, even if there was a, a hundred millionth of a chance of saving her with it. Um,
3: for free, and, you mean?
8: Yeah. Uh, well, no, she would have had to pay it. Or she would have had to have the money.
0: What but, you're talking uh, about is a woman who was the director of the National Health Service in, uh, right. in Great Britain. A local Britain. director, yes. A local uh, director of the NHS, and she yes. died but, waiting uh, for an operation that continued to be delayed, and she never got what she needed. So there, she there, that
1: operation might
8: have had a snowball chance to have it working. Stand. But, and that's but
1: don't, you think it's st- don't you think it's strange that they gave the, the preliminary operation for it and then delayed the, op- the, the operation four times? I mean, they could have just said, hey, look. You don't have any chance of uh, making it here.
8: And at some point, even Warren Buffett's going to be told, "Hell, no! There's no chance." You know, right? But they weren't.
1: They didn't tell her that. Um, the fact is that they actually had her in the hospital, awaiting this surgery for for many, many months. And finally, her husband and family said, "Hey, give us our mom back, and we can wait. And she can wait at home. So at least the husband and the wife got a month together at the end of her life in order to, uh, you know, have time together. And then, the, you know, the operation." My, my
8: point is, basically, if the, if the money is there to pay for whatever here in the United States, they will do it. They will give radiation and, and chemo Agreed. To my former boss who's got fourth stage uh, lung cancer throughout his body. I would um, not
1: claim to you that in the United States' system as it exists today that some doctors will not sell you a whole bunch of tests and procedures that you do not need.
0: Agreed.
8: Okay. You know, that's... That's what I wanted to do. Okay, but, uh, so,
0: but that doesn't justify stealing, though. Did you hang up? Um, oh, you're still
8: well, there. Um, personally, I would love to have a national health insurance, um, and I'll be 65. Great. And what would you like to do to me months? who does
0: not want that?
8: Um. Well, you know, I don't know. Let me ask you a question, a sure. personal question. Um, your folks are still alive. That's correct. Um, are they retired or going to retire?
0: Mm, I don't know when they're going to retire, but no, they're not.
8: Okay, um,
0: they're about sixty.
8: Okay, all right. And um, you see, they they supported you when you were an infant, I assume. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, with, without you paying social security, um, you would be supporting them if you were paying social security. When when they do, I am them.
3: not paying social security. I'm not paying. I mean, Can I you I support but them if <laughs> you wanted to without social security?
8: No, I don't. You do. <laughs> don't don't pin that on me.
0: Um, no, his question so was, couldn't I support it, them right? without paying Social Security? And the answer is, you, you I could. You owe
8: a debt to the older generation who who did... Uh, no, sir, I only
0: owe debt to people to whom I'm in debt to, to whom I choose to uh, to be in debt to. Uh, well, no, I, so I don't have a problem paid. helping people that need help, but I'd like to be doing it on a consensual basis where I'd I actually choose it. i also like to ask it. a
1: question about the older generation foisting its debt um, as far as the government upon me and my generation. I mean, the fact is, the generation yeah. before mine has uh, said, here you go, here's a broken system full of debt. Don't they owe me something?
8: Um, yeah, well, i blame the Bushies for most of that. Fine, but, yeah. you can blame whomever you want.
1: I really could care less whom you blame. The fact is, do you think that I'm obligated to pay it?
8: Um. Well, that I would tend to avoid in my own life. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just—I just, um, I do feel that you you do owe support to your elderly parents um, if they need the money and um, if you're able-bodied. Just as—would as you have me harmed if I didn't
0: want to support them? Let's say that they uh, that they beat me uh, when I was growing up. They didn't, but uh, let's say that I don't like them for some reason, and I have my reasons, um, whatever well, they there's, are. There's do I still like owe them? them?
8: I can understand that. Do I still owe no. them? I would give you a break on that one. Oh, yeah. you would? Oh, oh he would give me
1: a break. Only the people that uh, have not been beaten have to participate in the national health care system. This should be really interesting to try to enforce. What
0: if they uh, disown me because I was an atheist at one point in my life?
8: <laughs>
0: uh, can I have now, a break then, too? Or do I still have to pay for their health care when they it, get older? Can
8: pay into Social Security and support all those anonymous elderly But see, people. I don't support so that. a
0: racist system that I want nothing to do with.
8: Uh, but... Yeah, anyway, he's, not gonna,
0: he's not hearing you, he's Mark. Not gonna, he's, he's not even not interested in that one. In listening to what you said. Uh, thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Why is Social
1: Security racist? Why? Because who lives longer, black people or white people? White people do. Uh, who lives longer, rich people or poor rich. people? Rich people do. Who lives longer, ma- women. Uh, women or men? Women do. So for every three poor black men that work to pay into social security to support one rich white woman it's a racist uh you know uh, system that that discriminates against people i yeah. want nothing to do with it
3: yeah p- p- it, yeah you have no say over your money so i mean yeah. the, the simple option i haven't, paid, option, in, I haven't
0: paid
1: into it for five years what do you want to do throw me in jail
0: yeah it's based on stealing and i don't support systems based on stealing i support helping people who need help on a voluntary basis hey Veggie Tales. Oh, yeah. We've got to do a giveaway. We've been doing these things for the last several days. So if you haven't had a chance to win yet, now you do. Go to 603, dial 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105 and you'll win the Veggie Tales Twas the Night Before Easter DVD. That's right. It's yours. If you call in now, we'll give it to the first caller in at 603-435-1105. More coming up. This is Free Talk.
3: Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
0: Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. com. (laughs) This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you'd like. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Ademo. And Mark. And Ademo is joining us, courtesy of copblock.org. Uh, which was just recently redesigned within the last week or
3: so. We did. We did a bunch of work over there, coplock.org, like you said, Ian, and uh, got a new forum, we got a new slider feature, and a new YouTube bar. So uh, head over there, check it out, give us some feedback with a little contact button there on the right.
0: Yeah, it's looking great, coplock.org. In fact, we did some cop blocking today out at Grafton Superior Court. We can get back into some of the uh, courtroom shenanigans that went on. But first, I want to invite you to the website at cam.freetalklive.com. That'll get you straight to our webcam page. Uh, where we've got a chat room built into uh, the same page. It allows you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners while you watch and listen to the program. And it's all free at cam.freetalklive.com, brought to you by Memory Dealers. Right.
1: Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They also offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. In stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. Also, if you didn't win the Veggie Tales DVD, you uh, should go to Facebook.FreeTalkLive.com. Like our Facebook page, and um, then you'll have the opportunity sometime this evening. Before the end of the show tonight? Yeah, before the end of the show tonight. That is uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be giving away another
0: uh, one of those videos. On the Facebook page. On the Facebook page. At yeah. facebook.freetalklive.com. So, we were, uh, Damon and I were at uh, the trial today for Weedaclaws, a.k.a. Bob Constantine, a liberty-minded individual who's lived his whole life up here in New Hampshire, was facing, is facing, because it's not over yet, uh, is facing up to seven years in prison for allegedly
3: growing some plants. Exactly. And, you know, as a man, like you said, 52 years old, built his dream house by hand while working jobs and raising, I believe it was three children, he said. Yep. Now, yeah, it's all could be taken away from it. All of it. Because of a plant. Yep, and a nosy, irresponsible, many words I can think of, neighbor who just couldn't mind his own business but had to uh, call men with guns to use force against a peaceful man.
0: So they cracked down on uh, recording devices. I stood up to it as long as I possibly could to much appreciation, by the way, from the audience. They, uh, they certainly <laughs> complimented me on that and... Uh, And I, I, you know, I'm on bail, so I could only push it so far, right? I pushed to the point where they threatened me with arrest, and that's when I had to go ahead and back down. But it seemed like, I mean, I was standing there for a long time. I was standing there long enough to where my nervous shaking went away, because I was, you know, adrenaline starts to rush. It doesn't matter how many times
3: we get into those. Yeah, I still get the same way. And uh, like I said to you at lunch, I believe it was. I was surprised. It's always great to see you talk with bureaucrats because you're so calm, cool, and collected. So it's inspiring for a lot of people. But um, at lunch, you never know where that line is. Like you, you said you took it all the way up to the line. Yeah, you know where that line is. But if that line would have been for Mister Bailiff two minutes sooner, you were risking a lot as well. You know.
0: Yeah, they will. They'll tr- they'll draw the line where they want to. Typically,
3: right. But-, but another point I wanted to make when you were talking about that is out of those five officers, not the bailiffs. The bailiffs are a little older, so I, I believe you know more set in their ways. They have this you know ingrained perception of authority but um a couple of those officers one for sure and two possibles really like when you're talking about the oath that they swore and, and going back and forth it was really hitting them to the point where like all right get them out of here and they kind of looked at each other you know that two or three seconds right you know i, I think it goes a long way those are the guys that email cop block in four or five months and tell us you know how they spend 80% of their job harassing peaceful people and they can't do it anymore they feel bad about it exactly
0: So there was that, the initial threat. Then there was the hat situation we talked about earlier where you were threatened over wearing a hat in court. You decided that you were going to go ahead and back down. You didn't feel like getting arrested today on that one. But Evan, another one of the activists, did get arrested on that issue uh, today. And uh, so then there was also, at one point, they called a recess. And when we came back in, uh, Jason Talley from cdevolution.org, the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund, he comes up to me, or I, I walk up to him and he says, Hey, there's a couple undercover cops here. And he points them out. And I said, Well, how do you know they're undercover? And he says, Well, the fact they've got guns on them might be a hint. And uh, so, I mean, yeah. clearly they weren't really that undercover. Handcuffs, extra magazines. Yeah, they weren't really hiding it very well. Right. But they, they were not being friendly either. They were not exactly out on the, uh, the open. They, they were playing close. I guess what I'm trying to say, and they weren't talking. So we were just, there was like maybe four or five of us around just asking these guys questions and trying to engage them in conversation. Yeah, they were
3: giving us a silent treatment. You try to introduce yourself, Pete right. there. Pete actually
0: puts his hand out to uh, yeah. this one cop, and he's giving him the stone face, and uh, the cop won't. People, Pete is anything. both
1: bold and friendly at the same time. Yeah. It's amazing to I,
0: see. I love Pete. He's a, he's a great activist. And of course, you can see more of Pete over at libertyontour.com. But then he extends his hand out to the female. There's a male and a female playing close. And the female reached out, shook his hand, but refused to engage him in any sort of conversation.
3: Yeah, They didn't want to ID themselves. They didn't want to talk. And uh, even afterwards, when they left the courtroom, because I don't know if they just came down to observe or if they thought we were going to have another.
0: I think that they worked in the probate area of the court as probation officers and uh, or whatever probation division parole. parole mm-hmm. And because that's where they scurried off to later.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And that's what's it. Yeah. So we went out there to, to try to see if they'd want to continue the conversation and or give them the names and we could use our cameras in the hallway. So yeah, we were trying to film. They were running around their office trying to hide. Yeah, they scurried up into
0: their office. They go up into the uh, the probation office and they open these double doors to go into the office. And I'm looking at these double doors, and it doesn't say no unauthorized Unauthorized access. Does not say that anywhere near those double. So I swing the door right right open and start to go walking in. This woman turns around and immediately they both started talking to me. At that point, you need to get out of here. Whatever the heck it was, they said something to that effect. Get away. Turn around. Get out right now. And they were ready to arrest me for walking into that uh, that office, so I did. You know, I, again, it wasn't going to push that one too far. But you came up, you were recording through the window, and like this one guy just kind of scurries off into a corner cubicle where he was just far enough away to where I couldn't see him, to where we couldn't see him. It was like it was like watching roaches
3: run behind the. Uh Right. You know, the refrigerator. I wonder what some of the people in the morning uh, felt, because that, like that one lobby area was rather packed in the morning with more than just the activists that were on hand, though we were probably the right. majority of folks The other victims of the, the court. The state. Right. I mean, t- some of them might be probably thinking that this is, all oh, these guys are a nuisance. This is h- how immature. Oh, I'm sure. Many, right. I, yeah, many of them just do. Just put the cameras away. But I mean, really, if you look at it, look at the hypocrisy we've highlighted today. Uh, I have video of several times us being, you said, sec- securities checked twice, other individuals walking through not being security checked at all because they work there. Mm-hmm. Double standard. Cameras, some can be allowed if you beg permission or jump through their hoops, others not. People don't want to identify themselves, but they want to cash your paycheck that comes from the money they forcibly mm-hmm. take from you. I mean, people really need to take a look at this. I mean, this is America today. There's, one,
0: there's been several times. We've been to so many court trials up here in uh, New Hampshire. I mean, collectively, the activist movement, there's been a lot of stuff and I've been through security a number of times as a result of that. And there have been some times when I've been amazed at how poor the security has been. And today was the, the icing on the cake as oh, far beautiful. as this is concerned. There's this guy operating the front uh, security, the one that's checking for weapons with the metal detector, the whole deal with the x-ray system. You put your bag and yeah, you, through, Right. Right. That, that kind of situation. Very similar to the airport. And uh, so this guy's checking everybody all day long. And then Bob's trial ends. And we all go. Most everybody goes outside at that point. It's a beautiful day up here in New Hampshire. It's yeah, in it the seventies. Incredible. Uh, so everybody's outside, kind of uh, recounting, recapping after the the trial and talking to one another. And then we go back in the court because, again, Evan was facing uh, a hearing because he was arrested earlier. So they were going to have his arraignment essentially after this. And uh, so Evan uh, was was called back in. So we all come back into the court and I go to put my stuff. I'm one of the first people back in. I go to put my stuff on the, the screener thing because I've been in and out of court multiple times a day. I've been screened, you know, 10 times. Right. Uh, so I go to put my stuff in and he just he just waves me through yeah go on right, that's what he i, I swear to you <laughs> right. just waves me right through I mean, i've got my you know i've got my all kinds of stuff on me and uh and then and then he proceeds to do that with everyone else who walks back into the yeah, building well, i was
3: like the fourth or fifth in line and he didn't even ask right and so I just seen everyone else walking through so we just kept going too like i, I mean i think he may have opened the floodgate there his claim
0: bit. was that i think i think somebody asked him about it and his claim was that oh well i saw you all standing out front
3: yeah, that's what he actually no. told me that because I went out later to get a camera, and he's like, "Oh, I, I didn't, you went out on my sight, so I have to screen you now."
0: Now I'm sorry, but this guy—we're talking about 20 people out in front of this courthouse, and this guy is maybe 300 feet. I'm mean, not good at estimating. This is a—he's—it's a pretty long walk from where, feet we, to go to- from where we were standing to where he is. He's an older man. And you know he's not paying full attention to everybody who's out in front of the courthouse and whether they walk away for a moment or whether somebody else walks up and hands them a weapon or something like that, right? If there was no security at the end of the day. Anybody could have brought anything they wanted into that courtroom. It was amazing. We're coming up here at 800 259 He was just a lazy bureaucrat. It was like 345. He wanted to go home. They're keeping you safe. You take control. this is free talk live dial in toll free and bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and we give you the features there for free so do head over there and enjoy those things on us become an amplifier as well you can go to amp.freetalklive.com help us advertise market and promote this program amp that's what AMP stands for, Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in three bucks a month with any major credit card through PayPal or use Visa, Visa or MasterCard on our website. And that we take that money in and reinvest it into the show. Get on more radio stations around the country, uh, bringing more internet listeners on board. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com to help us do that and get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only forum, and more. Go get the details and get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. Now, we've been talking a lot about court. And some of our court experiences today, and I think we're finally getting close to covering all of this, Uh, but Adamo and I were were out in court today. And Bob Constantine, who was on trial for allegedly growing marijuana... Representing himself. Was representing himself. He did have what they call standby counsel. That's where the court will allow you to have one of their attorneys, the the uh, defense, court-paid defense attorneys, but they are not in the primary role. They are there for like an advisory kind of uh, status.
3: Right. If you're about to stick your foot in your mouth or something, they holler at you a couple times. You would uh, make suggestions. Right. To they him,
0: can talk uh, to you and they, you can talk with them. You can confer with them. And like when you get called up to talk to the judge... The man in the robe, they they will come up there with you, and they're, so they're there for you if you need it. So Bob was going this alone for the most part, and he was doing a pretty good job today.
1: Yeah, if you are going to take your case to court without an attorney, you, the kind of education that you need is the kind of education that they give you at Jurisdictionary.com. It's a course for people without lawyers who have to know what it takes to win, how to move the court, how to get evidence, how to do all those things. You walk into court without any kind of education, and it's not going to go well for you. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer. And it's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. When you do get it, make sure you use the pull-down menu and mention Free Talk Live. It's Jurisdictionary.com.
0: So a lot of the shenanigans today at court had kind of revolved around them protecting their agents. They had these undercover narcotics officers there today, and they were doing everything they could uh, to attempt to prevent Adamo and myself and others uh, who
3: were interested in photographing these guys. Exactly, man. They went through lengths of ski masks, the jackets, uh, ushering themselves from in uh, unmarked police cars and some marked police cars to different locations where they would park their personal or other state issued vehicles, and uh, it gave us quite the runaround. I mean, we stationed ourselves at a few locations, ran over when it was uh, Pete Air and myself. We were on each side. Then he was trying to get identifying tags of the car, and I was trying to get you know face shots of the of the folks inside the car. Again with. Uh, Jackets over their head. That, that individual had right, and, and then because they're
0: so proud of what they're doing, exactly.
3: Then the only one who actually left, I think, that we caught in the hallway was, I think, the third officers. That was in the courtroom. I was waiting in the hallway, so I didn't get all their names. Right. But the uh, older gentleman, and he came out and threw his sports coat over his head, and then one of his lackey, I don't know, or maybe it was the district attorney. Because one of the pro-
0: prosecutors was running cover for him, basically yeah,
3: pushing me out of the way. And then when we got upstairs, to another one of those probate people, uh, the probation office, he like. He was taking full strides and then took a half stride in order to cut me off from getting in front of this undercover officer. Right, to, to try to I, get him his face. I would have then got his face and then claimed that I assaulted him, which at the same time, the undercover tried to smack my hand and or camera out of the way. So it was quite interesting. he body yeah, these, checked you and then said these these guys, that you assaulted him. Exactly. Yeah. These guys who, you know claim to be out there doing good and they're taking drugs off the streets, don't want their face on camera. I mean, I know their, their argument is that they're undercover cops and it's in, they're in danger. Why would you be in danger? You're in danger because you steal people's property. You ruin people's lives and you get in the way of voluntary transactions that people want every day. You need to think about this. Yeah, yeah well, they
1: support organized crime by uh, actually per- perpetuating this, uh, this this whole uh, war on drugs. The only ones
3: keeping place. people safe today were us who are attempting to put these people's face on the Internet. Because people need to know who they are because they are attempting to ruin your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the other instances with one of these undercovers, because one of the things we can – there's a lot of areas when, in which we can improve, right? So we're always learning what we've done wrong. We're new at this, okay? I mean there's never been anything – there's never been a movement like this before. There's never been this gathering of liberty-minded people in one place before. This is brand new. And uh, you know, all these tools are at our disposal now that we never would have had uh, 20 years ago had this, for some reason, been able to happen. then of course, it wouldn't have because the Internet was integral to making this, this whole movement happen. But now we have all these amazing tools. And, of course, uh, two-way radios are, are easy to, to afford. That was a really important tool that we had today. And we're probably going to bring more of them out tomorrow. It yep. uh, would have been better if we'd had more people on the ground with the, the ability to broadcast instantly to everybody else with a two-way radio. That really helps in communication. Communicating between activists Who's where, yeah and uh, it would also help. Again, coordination's tricky because you're dealing with a movement full of voluntarists, anarchists, libertarians, people that, you know, they, they've been called to stray cats, trying to herd stray cats to get them all to you know to get in line well, with the same idea. And
3: like you said, this is so new because, you know, this is the first time that 25 activists came into the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire, from all over New Hampshire. Right, for a jury trial. To, to, for a jury trial. So, I mean, even with, there was four officers today that were undercover agents that the state wanted to protect their identity, and each one we improved on. Yep. You know at one point you and I even had a pl- had a plan to get in the car where we ended up tailing these one guys to the municipal parking lot there was a building Municipal building that they were using their parking lot to park right, the cars. Right, this one guy's
0: holding his folder up, blocking us as we're trying to, you know, get video of him. He's pulling out. He's got his escort. He's in a, in a police car. A police officer driving. This other guy, this undercover officer, is in there trying to hide his face. And so we're wondering where are these people going? Because we'd seen them leave before. So Adamo and I saw them leave. We hop in the in the car and start driving. Uh, and you know, essentially tailed them down the highway. Uh, it's about what maybe a mile down the
3: road. Yeah, we got a mile. About
0: a mile down the road, they go to the municipal building the city 's municipal building they go into that parking lot let him off. I drop a demo off the side of the road he 's got his video camera runs up and uh, and catches footage of this guy trying to escape
3: yeah I, I blew my 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 uh, <laughs> approach a little too soon because they see me and he's able to get the folder up again but still um, it's sending. I think it's going to send the right message. I think to the, the video individual. is going to be pretty powerful once it gets put together. Yeah, I think so. I think I might even get a still frame from it. But Just yeah. all the, even just a mix of
0: all the different cops that we recorded today, uh, or you've got a lot of great footage, of all these cops wearing their jackets on their heads and looking just really pathetic. Uh, just that as a montage is going to be
4: great.
3: Right, not wanting to tell you their name. I mean, clearly right. they're ashamed. I mean, again, they're going to say it's for their safety, but they need to understand, you know, answer. Or the question is, why are you going to be harmed if you're job is so necessary. So. So, so a lot of these problems that we... Yeah, I don't want to
1: employ bureaucrats that wear balaclavas, you know? Right. I just don't want that. I don't want to employ
0: bureaucrats that wear ski masks. So a lot of the improvement can come in, in I think, areas of coordination and having... People who are very interested in who aren 't so interested in being in the court but still want to be there to help so somebody that can stand outside and keep an eye on the parking lot for when the cops are coming out or the undercover cops are going to come out and somebody else to stand elsewhere or someone inside with a two way radio to have multiple people outside of the courtroom observing things and having video cameras and, ha- and you know having them ready to go because if you tried to get into the courtroom you couldn 't get in if you had a camera, which meant your camera probably wasn 't in the vicinity if you needed it, whereas having somebody out in the lobby the whole time with a camera would have solved the problem of having a camera unavailable.
3: Uh, I mean, even everyone time. just having a camera. Or I mean, I know there's 25 of us today, but that, that camera not in the courtroom thing is a big deal. We need to get more cameras inside the courtroom absolutely um, so you know i don't i'm not saying today was a day or the courtroom's when is the day. The one
1: thing that they can really control though they can't do anything about you outside in the, the hallways they can't do anything with the, about you outside the the but the it's building. ridiculous
3: when you think about it the, the, the the intention of the justice system sure is. a jury of your peers i guarantee those are not a jury of bob's peers bob's <laughs> peers were in the stands today bob's peers would let him go home bob's peers wouldn't have stolen his property um but the, the, it's in a public building by a public official ran by public officials uh, and all these aspects where it's public except for when we say so. you know. So that's something that really needs to be challenged anywhere. I mean, I, I'm assuming it's going to be New Hampshire first because that's where all the great activists are. But we got to stop saying no to that. I mean, this, the cameras need to be yeah. in the courtrooms. They're an essential tool, and it's ridiculous that they're not no matter what degree of liberty you're at. You and know? Man, if
0: I didn't have th- five misdemeanor charges and uh, bail conditions, I, I would have
3: pushed it today, If I'm not I think. facing felony charges in Massachusetts. Which is why more people <laughs> solves
0: this problem, right? More people up here willing to take risks, and also people that aren't, people that are willing to work in the background and, and support those who are willing to take risks. Every, there's a role for everybody's kind of activism style. But more solves the problem. More people means more people can take risks, more people can over- outnumber these, these government guys, more people can coordinate, more people have two-way radios, etc. So you can go Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. There was one other quick quick point, and then, of course, we'll take your calls about absolutely anything coming up here in hour number three. But one other quick point was that you're never able to bring up the punishment at these jury trials. They will prevent you from saying, hey, jury, I'm facing seven years in prison for growing these plants. I think it depends on the state, but go ahead. Here in New Hampshire, they That's will not correct. allow you to do that. And it is and, it is a miscarriage of justice entirely. And so uh, what the best sign, there are people out there with signs. We brought some signs up like no victim, no crime. And we held those outside as the jurors were leaving today. <laughs> and they also did a sign wave this morning. We didn't quite make it there in time. It's so a two-hour drive. But, uh, but, but after the jur- when the jurors were leaving, we had all these people holding signs. There was one sign that said seven years for gardening and that was the it's best powerful. sign there because everyone saw it it was a huge sign and all the jurors had to go through the same place to get out today they all saw that sign so they know what this man is facing and they're not saying punishment. that in the
3: courtroom so that was a right. key
0: exactly so uh, we're still getting the message out which is very important We're coming up hour 3 is next you take control free talk live how long can you hold your breath not long
6: Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumer's Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount and who wouldn't, when ordering online use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart 1-866-NO-BOTTLE.
0: Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you'd like. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Ademo. And Mark. All right, so there's uh, more to discuss besides inside the courtroom stuff. That's where we've been focused on for the beginning two hours of this program, the Weeda clause trial continuing tomorrow. Uh, I know I'm going back out. at demo. you coming back I'll out I'll be tomorrow? there. All right, we're going back out tomorrow. We'll have an update for you on that with uh, Jason Talley from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund tomorrow night. And in the meantime, of course, we'll take your calls about absolutely anything. Plus, Mark, at some point here, and probably right now, actually, if you can, pull up that story about the... the uh, School lunch ban.
3: And, well, just one other thing with the Bob thing. If anyone's looking sure. for a quick story, Pete just posted something over at com. It's right. uh, free-farmer-bob. So bu- bulletin points of what went down today. And uh, hopefully Jason and some of us all took the video will have that out real soon.
0: Yeah, anything that uh, that I can get my hands on, I'll repost over at freekeen.com as well, just as kind of a, a, a central location for a lot of that footage slash uh, those articles so stay tuned there uh lunch bags mark apparently banned from uh, one school in chicago they're dangerous you know Uh, this is from the Chicago suffocate in one or something
1: (laughs) chicagotribune.com not if they're paper chicago school bans some lunches brought from home to encourage healthful eating chicago school doesn't allow kids to bring lunches or certain snacks from home and some parents many students aren't fans of the policy Fernando Dominguez cut the figure of a young revolutionary leader during a recent lunch period in his elementary school. Who thinks the lunch is not good enough? The seventh grader shouted to his uh, lunchmates in Spanish. Meaning the cafeteria lunch. And English. Yeah. Elementary? Seventh grader? Hmm. Dozens of hands flew in the air and fellow students shouted along, We should bring our own lunch. We should bring our own lunch. We should bring our own lunch. Mass civil
0: disobedience.
1: Fernando waved his hand over the crowd and asked a visiting reporter, Do you see the situation? Nice. This At this public awesome. school, the Little Village Academy on Chicago's west side, students are not allowed to pack lunches from home unless they have a medical excuse. Jeez! They must eat the food served in the cafeteria. Ugh. Or face... So- Notice what, <laughs> Notice what they uh, said here that you need a medical excuse. And then early in the article, they said bans some bag lunches. They ban all bag lunches except, except the ones those. with a doctor's note. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. <laughs> Principal Elsa Carmona said that she intended to uh, what, what her intention is is to protect students from their own oh, of unhealthful food choices for the children
0: <laughs> nutrition
1: wise <laughs> it's better for the children to eat at the school carmona says It's all about the nutrition and the excellent quality food that they're able to serve in the lunchroom.
0: Our food is the best and that is why we will force it down your throat. Because it's not just the best in the market and you won't have to voluntarily choose to eat it. It's so good that we're just going to make you do it.
3: I highly doubt they're serving anything different than what I had in high school, which was a lot long ago, which also reminds me a lot of what I eat while I'm in jail. So Cheap, cheap carbohydrate-filled slop.
0: I remember when I was in uh, government high school, they actually served french fries every single day yeah they had a you french, could order them a la carte and order as many fries as you wanted
1: they had a french fry and hamburger line that sometimes subbed pizza but they had the the basically the healthy line mm-hmm. uh, the sort of normal meal line where you could get uh, something that uh you know like i said the har- car- carbohydrate slop with lots of salt in it or you could get the hamburger and
3: pizza and french fries line yep and what does this mean for the families that are like vegan or you know vegetarian I mean, here have a salad
1: yeah well they say they say here that it, it if they have an allergy, and I imagine if you're a vegan, that you probably care enough to go to the doctor and get a doctor's note to claim that you have an allergy to I don't know things that moo. Well, some of and, them have salad bars, so that's probably what they it could be. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say what what I see. The pictures here is nothing different than what I got served. At well, the school I was being over one of the issues.
3: a doctor's note would be like uh, I have a you know a metal rod in my leg because of an accident. You know I, I'm I need certain access. You could um, have. My, you know, my beliefs of not eating meat or wanting to choose some sort of alternative diet, it, like what is a doctor going to say? Yes, he can eat what he wants here. <laughs> it could. Go, go to school.
1: The, the, well, the fact is some people have uh, tree nut and uh, peanut allergies and things like no, no, that. No, as
3: I understand. That's why my question was what do they do about the people who it's not a medical condition, it's nearly a preference. Yep. You know, then it's, it's, it's subjective again. They can eat, they can eat green beans. Serve on the school. Carmona said (laughs) she created the policy six years ago
1: after watching students bring bottles of soda and flaming hot chips on field trips. Six years ago. This is not new then. Apparently it's not, but it's a new article. Wow. Um, Although she would not name any other schools that employ such practice, she said it's fairly common. A Chicago public school spokesperson said that. She could not say how many schools prohibit packed lunches, and she the de- decision say. is less to the judgment of the principals. Hmm. While there's no formal policy, principals use common sense judgment based on their
0: individual school environments. I will pass the buck because I don't want to be responsible for answering this question, so you figure it out, reporter.
3: Or I didn't even know this was going on, yeah. as it's at the discretion of the principals.
0: <laughs>
1: In this case, the principal is encouraging the healthier choices and attempting to make an impact that extends beyond the classroom. It, by, it, by the way, really? Do you think that the one meal a day that kid most kids
0: eat at school? Mommy, I want to eat more like I had at school today. <laughs> can you, <can> you, <laughs> you maybe some of that square pizza with the you, with the cube pepperoni? Oh man. <laughs> make, veggie
1: Mac? Huh? No, no, Veggie Mac. Whatever the disgusting stuff that they serve you. Good Lord, there's no formal po- policy. Principals use common sense judgment based on their own schools' environments. Any right. school that bans homemade lunches also puts more money in the pockets of the district's food provider. Sure enough, that's uh, Chartwell's Thompson. The federal government pays the district for
0: the each local monopoly provider
1: free or reduced lunch taken, and the caterer receives a
3: set fee from the district per lunch. How did the parents let this happen before, like, the children are the ones standing up and throwing the food around on the couch? What cafeteria? are the parents going to
0: do? Stop Wait, paying do they taxes? I mean, they Go to do- the PTA meeting?
3: I mean, it's better than doing nothing. I mean, you, I let, the, you let your seven, what was it, seven-year-old or seventh-grader seventh grade or something? Grader. So, like, what, 12 or something? Like, come on, people. I mean, you, I'm going to make my child's lunch. Like, is there anything? Like, my mom used to make my lunch every day. Like, I have to
0: say, I'm pretty excited about this. Fernando, what was his name? Yeah. The, the young gentleman that was stand Standing up and saying, we ain't going to take it no more. Right. He's leading the, uh, the opposition in this case. But what brought the reporters to the school in the first place? They mentioned that he was addressing this whole lunch room I, full of kids.
1: And, I have read the whole article, and I have no indication. As to yeah. what
3: brought them, you know, brought it Very to their attention.
1: It's been six years and I have no indication.
3: Maybe it would be awesome if you, like, emailed them or something. Yeah, maybe it's it,
0: this young man.
3: I don't know. <laughs> could right. be. Or how, because you would figure the school didn't call them, right? <laughs> the school didn't say, come in and look at right. our, uh, you know, Horrible lunch program that is subjective. (laughs) Well, it just takes one person.
0: I mean, it's just to inspire other people to do something like bring their bag lunch from home. It takes somebody to stand up and to say something about it, to bring attention to the issue and to encourage those folks and maybe lead by example. And then to, you know, can you imagine Fernando brings a bag lunch from home and is taken away by the principal or by the school's aides off to the principal's office and, you know, suspended from school for for a few days. And then maybe the next day, five other people do the same thing. And then 20 other people do uh, the same thing the day after that. I mean, it it could happen. We had something like that happen here in Keene, New Hampshire, with the, the 420 celebrations, where first it was two people smoking pot in Central Square, and then it was like five, and then it was eight, and then it was 20. And then before you knew it, it was 100 plus people.
3: Exactly, yeah, what do they,
0: they do then? Are they going to ban all the kids from school? Of course not yeah, I also do would <laughs> be the end of that policy you know
1: the school the kids are in school for what six, seven, eight hours a day, something like that. then they get out and they you know they they can, they can stop off at some seven eleven or something like that, sure. get whatever coke and zoom zooms and wham whams they want to buy. So this is just a way to shove money into the pockets of
3: uh, politically connected organizations. Great point. At the discretion of the principal, too. So all you got to do is grease the principal because the, the, the principal is the one responsible for in, enforcing this law. So it probably doesn't have to get to the uh, scenario Ian gave, but it probably will be resolved with just this, luckily. Maybe.
1: This is a fundamental infringement on parental responsibility, said J. Justin Wilson, a senior researcher at the Washington-based Center for Consumer Freedom, which is partially funded by the food industry. Which, you know, I suppose that matters if you think that people buying the food they want is bad, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Government knows best. Just eat whatever they tell you. 800-259-9231, and that kind of does send that message, doesn't it, to to young people? Look, we know what's best. Don't have your mom and dad make your food for you. We'll handle that. Well, it sends
3: a message to the parents saying, we got this. You can continue, you know, not having to worry about something else in your Mm -hmm. child's
0: life. 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything you want to control the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live Talk Live. Dial in toll free and bring us anything you would like. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and we give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, that's freetalklive.com. Also, Pork uh, Fest is coming up. You can go to porkfest.com, P-O-R-C, as in Porcupine, porkfest.com, to get registered for this excellent event that is going to be happening June 20th through the 26th. Now, last year it was officially only for the weekend. This year they have officially doubled the length of the event and uh damo you and myself mark we're all going up there for the entirety indeed the
3: whole weekend
0: the entire week, week
3: excuse me yes. uh,
0: monday through sunday it's going to be a blast it was last year it was every year prior to that it keeps getting better every year imagine hundreds of like-minded liberty oriented people all converging in the same campground the beautiful white mountains of new hampshire uh just an incredible location the people are amazing all kinds of activities, everything from uh, there's going to be live music performances to family fun activities, agorism in action, uh, stuff like uh, karaoke, soapbox, idol, all kinds of vendors, people that are selling stuff without asking the government's permission. It's going to be a blast.
3: Yeah, your typical camping, socializing, and hanging out as well. You don't know, meet liberty activists from all over the country. Morals, That's right. even.
0: So get on over here, and uh, if you've been looking for an excuse to see New Hampshire, this is a perfect opportunity. Uh, there are going to be bus tours of uh, some of the areas of New Hampshire, some of the more popular destinations like uh, Manchester and Keene. Uh, so you'll be able to actually get away from the campground during some of the weekdays and go and actually see the rest of New Hampshire on kind of a guided tour. Uh, I know that our, I think it's our very own JJ of uh, our Thursday night co-host will be providing the said tour, I believe, of Keene, and I think they're doing some kind of a tour. Prior to Porkfest, like the week prior to people mm. kind of touring around the the state and staying over a night or something like that in different
3: places. Everybody that I talked to that is, uh thinking about coming to Porkfest. I encourage them to come sooner or stay a little later to check out your local, you know, uh, Manchester, Keene, Grafton area. Yep.
1: Yeah, you want to see the places that you might consider moving if you're.
3: Considering moving
0: absolutely, so go to porkfest.com, get registered. The registration fee is all of 30 bucks. Now, obviously, your camping's going to be a little bit more on top of that, so you've, you have to figure all that out and of course you'll get the details on where the campground is and, and how to get in touch with them over at porkfest.com Use our discount code though to save 20 percent. The discount code is free Talk live. Just run it all together as one word. Free Talk live to save 20 percent at porkfest.com as we go to your phone calls about what you want. Captain Ned is in Florida. Captain Ned, you're on free Talk live with the demo and mark.
9: Hey, gentlemen, good evening tonight. Hey, Ned. Hey, man, uh, bless your little cotton socks, like we say down in the southern uh, several states. Where, where are your constitutional attorneys for the uh, warfare you're fighting up there in the courtrooms?
3: That's a great question. I've been asking that for a while. Since last well, hey, let me, uh,
9: not to interrupt you, Ian, that's Ian, right? That no, was no, the demo. demo. All right, not to interrupt you, but let me make a captain ed call to uh, the several states all you uh, long-haired, gray-haired uh, constitutional attorneys in New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, you know, kiss your 17, 18, 19-year-old girlfriends goodbye, <laughs> you know, tell your wives whatever you usually tell them, and head up at a big limousine convoy up to New Hampshire and help these boys out. Yeah. Well, that
0: sounds great. Yep, and they sort of well, know, uh,
9: well, yeah, uh, let, me, let me read you a little something, a little uh, something you slipped behind your license. This is from a constitutional attorney in the Northern tier States to law enforcement. Get your pens out. My attorney has instructed me not to talk to anyone about my case. I will not answer any questions about my case nor will I respond to any accusations. I've been instructed to observe my fourth, fifth and sixth amendment guarantees. I request that my counsel be notified prior to any search examination, identification, test, or confrontation of any kind. Finally, to law enforcement, part is being notified. I do not consent to any of the above. What do you think?
0: I think that's. Pretty good. Now, is uh, here from copblock.org tonight, uh, tonight and Adamo, you've got a lot of experience dealing with the police, and in a lot of cases, most people don't. So having a note or something like that describing similar things that uh, Captain Ned just suggested to hand to the police, what do you think about that for, the, for a tactic for somebody that may be a little bit intimidated by actually asking
3: questions and uh, dealing with the cops? I think that's that great, way. especially for a scenario in which the cops are sprung on you, meaning where you're pulled over. It'd be nice when they come to the window... Um, hand them a, your, your driver's license if if need be, and that card, and that, you end that there. Let the man bring you back your ticket and go about your way, especially if you haven't filmed police officers before or haven't, you don't have the ability to film police officers at the time. Just get it out there, end it. Uh, you know, we just did a revamp at coplock.org, so we've re- approved the things that we had there, but one of the things we're looking to expand is to bring a resources page and this is actually on the checklist, so we're hoping to be able to provide that at coplock.org in PDF file.
0: One of the things you might be able to do there, uh, Captain Ned, is drop by coplock.org and then click into the forum. Uh, because you guys just started up the forum and it's tough starting up a forum from scratch. So getting people the, uh, you know, the incentive that they need to come there and to experience whatever that level of community will be hopefully in the future. You need to start somehow early on and get people to post things. So something like that I think might be a useful I, post. Like you, know, you just read that over the air, Captain Ned, but most people are in their car probably right now listening uh, so they may not have the ability to transcribe. Whereas if you were to go to the copblock.org, go to the forum there, you could just jot that all down on the forum, and then other
3: people could kind of chime in and you know yep. add into that. And the, for the quick URL, with people that want to go to the forum, it's coplock.org slash forum. So
9: you know what, guys, man, I'm, I'm mostly locked back into the advocate days, but one of these uh, high tech uh, citizens of several states, somebody can transcribe that. But anyway, let me let me go down a They can, screen. but
0: you know that's passing the buck, and uh, usually it's it's not as good of an idea if you didn't come up with it. So if okay. maybe okay. they will, I maybe they won't, you. Captain Ned. What's the I other hope issue? They do.
9: I agree with you.
0: What was the other issue? Did you have something else? I'm okay. Sorry.
9: Anyway, let me go to our record of saying these cops out there, a lot of them, at, at 2.18 a.m. tonight, they're going into a roach-filled, lice-infected apartment to rouse somebody out. These are, these are men of the several states who are doing a job that most of us wouldn't even dream of doing. But there are some bad cops, like there's bad attorneys, bad doctors, bad everything. But these guys are doing yeoman's work.
3: I, I don't right? know. I, I've, I get this question a lot that there aren't as many bad officers as I think or that I seem to find with my video camera. And my answer to that is it's the institution. Their job is forcing them to do bad things. The officers today who stripped us of our electrical gear, recording gear, were bad cops. They're probably not bad people, but their job. They probably love their families well, a lot. You know? Gentlemen, right. well,
9: yeah. let me interrupt just one. And I'm over They're and They probably out don't here starve after their after dog. This. No. I'm over and out after this. You need a William Cuts esque type attorney to come up there, ponytail it all. And drop a hammer for you guys, man. I'd love to and see that happen, but the
0: trick is they'd have to do it on spec. And thank you, uh, Captain Ned. I appreciate hearing from you. Because most of the people up here can't afford to hire an, an attorney, at least not, not the folks that uh, that I know. There not to mention, I
3: don't think an attorney would do me any good. The attorneys that I could have gotten for my my most serious case right now in Massachusetts for felony wiretapping weren't going to be in my best interest. The attorneys that are appointed to me are the ones pushing me to make a deal, to talk, to talk through the system and work through this stuff. It's not the good way to get... You know, to me, it's all on video. With Bob, all his facts are, it's my property, it's my body. I mean, these are sound principles, things that are proven, and yet it doesn't seem to matter on either side.
0: Well, even after the fact, your uh, partner over at LibertyOnTour.com, uh, Pete, he was aggressed against in the local courthouse here, where they took him to the ground, they put a knee on his head. It was very, very violent Dragged the way they away. arrested him for having a hat on in court. Charges ended up being dropped. that's basically the state admitting they have no case. They did the wrong thing in this particular case. You'd think with a case like that, an attorney would jump all over that and say, all right, countersuit, civil suit, we're going to make some money off of this, going to get the state, going to teach them a lesson, give them a little spanking. There's plenty of attorneys that know about it. Pete has approached a couple Liberty-oriented attorneys, and they basically told him, yeah, there's not much we can do. More coming up. You can take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. But we'd love to have the magic attorney show up.
1: How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me, Mark Edge. This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey, this November. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're about $600, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you'd like. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And we invite you to our website where you get to control the content. You and other listeners can submit whatever you would like to the site as far as interesting links, maybe a link to a news article or a YouTube video or something like that. And then other listeners will vote as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion. Uh, so go to freetalklive.com, get interactive, and that's not the only way you can do it. Of course, we get the, 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 the BBS, which is essentially our message board, and there's our chat room as well. And other ways for you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners at freetalklive.com.
1: Free Talk Live, we talk about gold and silver investing, uh, you know, either as a hedge against inflation or barter currency or, you know, as an investment itself all the time. And I've been watching silver very closely. It went up to forty two dollars today and then be bopped on back down to forty dollars. Experts have been predicting there was going to be a dip and that that dip would be the time to buy because it's going to go back up. I think that tip dip is today. I mean, there was a $2 uh, you know, volatility in the, the price of silver today. Go to gold.freetalklive.com, get some silver, get 20 coins or more, and do it today, and uh, you'll thank me for it. It's gold.freetalklive.com.
0: All right, so 800 259 is the number here. If we get a chance, we'll talk a little bit about peaceful resistance. But first, we'll go to Leo listening in Oregon. Leo, you're on Free Talk Live.
7: Hey, how's it going? Thanks hey, Leo. for taking my-
0: Yeah, no problem. What's on your mind tonight?
7: Uh, you know, I worked Give me a second here. That's
0: all right. Nothing but time. I worked I show. worked
7: <laughs> I worked on a wind farm here in Eastern Oregon and um it brought a lot of, uh, brought a lot of jobs into the community and I've heard you know, reports uh, there's been uh, the, uh, the same company that um engaged in the project last time is wanting to you know put some more uh wind turbines up but there's been um public outcry and uh they the about 53% of the the uh, people in union county is have actually voted it down
0: why are they and, what what is the outcry uh, surrounding is it the the poor birdies. It's, environmental,
7: can, it, it, it's environmentalism. I've, I've read stuff uh, like bats imploding in midair, which I don't know. That'd be pretty fun to see. I, I can't. What's
0: imploding? I, I'm sorry. I
7: missed. It, like just, it, I. you know, I, I don't know. Just dropping dead out of the sky. The birds. It, it was, or, you know, well, that, I think he's done with that claim, YouTube
3: video where all the birds were dead in the city.
7: Yeah, they've the claim was uh, it was for bats. and. Bats. Um, but, you know, it, it's and I guess that, uh, you know, the main thing was birds. It was disrupting natural habitat for birds and people didn't like. And, you know, I don't really I don't really know the whole argument that the only, um, you know, that's I know the only
0: that, one uh, I've ever heard was the bird argument.
1: And all I've ever I guess heard is that power. sometimes they uh, they they hit the blades, but sometimes they hit plate gl- glass windows too.
0: I guess I'd also heard that I've never
1: seen the picture on the internet of all the little bird bones that are piled up underneath a uh, one particular windmill. I don't, know how many, <laughs> I don't know how many birds one windmill is responsible for killing, and I'd like to know how many uh, plate you know that versus a plate glass window. I would just like to see the numbers. Hmm.
7: Well, yeah, and I I guess the the big question. The the question that I had was, you know, um, essentially, these things were, you know, they produced so much um, energy that, you know, they were pretty lucrative, and the, the power company was willing to pay for a an easement to the landowners where the, the wind turbines were actually on, so they're not actually buying the land, but, you know, um, and they're partially government subsidized because there's, like, green money behind it. Oh, yeah. And that... And then, you know, but I mean, if you were to go be against that, then you'd have to be against like half of the things in this country. Um, Subsidized. So, subsidies? Subsidies, yeah. I, am, I mean, I'm against those. I'm against them too. But, I mean, Just but, I mean, you know, there's grants for you know we got like grants to improve a yep. roadway out here grants it's for just parks. so
0: hard to it's just so hard to please these people and when i say that i mean the people that are just obsessed over the ideal some sort of crazy ideal of what they think the environment should be and how they want to use the government and the the violence of the state to attempt to impose their particular environmental beliefs on everyone else, I like the environment. I like having clean air to breathe and you know clean water to drink, and I like trees and I, I like pretty things and I was commenting on the mountains today as we were driving uh, through uh, New Hampshire and Vermont up north so I'm, i 'm I'm a fan of having a nice place uh, in which to live however i don 't like the idea of forcing my neighbors to do things uh, like install a wind farm. Oh wait no, we can 't do that now it 's a bad idea now. It was a good idea to use uh, natural resources to power things, but oh, we found out it hurt some birds. So what do they want to do? Like, What what is the ideal of these people that were pushing wind, now they're not so much pushing wind, or maybe they never were in the first place. What is the ideal form of natural energy? There's an ideal and that ideal is to let
1: Everybody who uses energy choose how they're going to consume that energy. Some people will want coal energy. energy. Some people will want uh, wind energy. Some people will want hydro energy. And those people should be able to make that decision. And because we have a monopoly on energy production given by local municipalities, people don't get to make that choice.
7: You know, um, I don't know if you guys can answer this question because when I I worked on the project. And, you know, I got to see a little bit of the technology. And uh you know, after the project was done, I was actually able to work in the towers themselves, which was it's kind of working like working on a on a land ship, it, they actually sway and you actually can get motion sickness and everything wow, wow. But, um the thing it was it was a really cool job, but um the thing that it struck me is like, okay, if these things pay for themselves in five years have you know and this I don't know here because it's been less than five years since the first phase of this this wind farm went up. Um, but you know do they eventually lower in other places because i know in california's had them for you know over a decade at least do they actually reduce your do they actually reduce your electric bill and if they don't then
3: what's the point they built you know, a I bunch mean? of these back in wisconsin where i was from and they, the state actually came in and if you didn't like take this like I think it was 80% of actually the land value, and they only wanted like a small chunk of these farmers' land. So the farmer wouldn't sell this small of a plot to you to build a house on because you couldn't mm-hmm. build a house on it. So anywho, they would take it, and they they were promised these same things, that it would pay for themselves for the state side, and these individuals would get like tax breaks, You know, it would be credited to their account for it depending on how well it did. Well, unlike – that might be true in the private sector where businesses have to do practice uh, business honestly, but we're here – like any other promise the government had they lied they weren't getting the tax breaks they actually the government actually then came in because they bought the the land and like reassessed their value at a higher rate, taxing the individual oh, farmers geez. more and uh, gave on the promises of having this you know i think it was only like a thousand or eleven hundred bucks a year that they would give back to these people off of after these things have paid for themselves and they paid back the loans that they did to get them all of it was a lie so what you're saying is a is a good is a good business decision when the government is involved, but when the government's involved, they don't have to follow through on their decisions. Their contracts mean nothing. It's take, 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 and what benefits them or the individual that is them at the time. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't see too many promises on it. Leo, anything else you want to share tonight?
7: You know, no, I, um, you know, I heard the, the the last caller now was the name of that website, uh, Cop
3: block uh, dot com. That's a cop block That's c o p b l o c k dot o r g.
7: Yeah, well, the thought crossed my mind. You know, I'm friends with a, a state cop out here, and we see eye to eye. You know, and he was, we were going over the Department of Homeland Security stuff, and he said, "This is ridiculous. I don't, you know, I have no intention of enforcing it." And I've talked to other people, so. I don't think, I think there's a lot of cops out there that, who have opened eyes.
0: Thank goodness. Well, that's and, the kind uh, of cop that should be turned on to the Oath Keepers. At, I don't know if it's OathKeepers.com or .org or whatever. Oh, but, yeah,
7: uh, right.
1: Yeah, it's a group well,
0: of uh, a... cops and uh, former military and mil- military guys that are saying, former cops that are saying they're never going to violate their oath and they'll never confiscate weapons and things like that. OathKeepers.org. Yeah,
3: yeah, and I'd be interested right. in talking with your friend, too, at uh, coplock.org. Uh, again, I've had four or five officers that have emailed me with those sentiments, but none of them want to write. I'd really like to find an officer that'd like to write To for write Cop for Lock. the blog, you mean? Exactly. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, hey, well, thanks, hey. Leo.
0: I appreciate hearing from you, man, at 800 259 9231. Of course, we've had Bradley Jardis, who's a former law enforcement officer. He's been blogging off and on over at freekeen.com. I would recommend him, but he's a little off and on at the moment, so I'm not sure how on he will be. Uh, but when he's on, he's great, man. He's a great blogger. And he's got a lot of experience having been on uh, the police force for about 10 years of his life. And then left because he found the ideas of liberty and he just couldn't handle it anymore. We're coming up with Free Talk Live.
1: Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation, thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com.
0: free talk live you can dial in toll free even in the remaining moments there is enough time for your phone call 1-800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line that's 800-259-9231 and we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com if you'd like to help support free talk live you can do that by shopping with us at shop.freetalklive.com just enter amazon through that affiliate link there or those affiliate links, for those of you in the UK, Canada, Germany, we've got them for you too, in, in addition to the US. Uh, you click in the appropriate link, that'll take you to Amazon, and then whatever you shop and buy, Free Talk Live gets a portion of Amazon's profit. So start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Mark, uh, let's jump into this uh, story here, I don't know if we'll get through the whole thing, but the peaceful resistance, a uh, comparison between what happened in Libya, or is happening in Libya, and the Egyptian, uh, more more peaceful revolution, what what? Transpires. yeah
1: the, the the new york times here at uh, newyorktimes.com has decided to go ahead and uh, kind of compare the two um obviously people know that uh, in in egypt there were you know some protesters that got together in to square they met up every single day and um you know over time their numbers grew and and they had uh, what was largely a peaceful resistance to the um the the regime going on there whereas over in Libya they had a, a a different situation almost entirely um you know they they did do some protesting and that kind of thing but when the when the crackdown came from Muammar Gaddafi then well they they reacted in an entirely different fashion they mm-hmm. picked up arms and they fought back and the new york times here is um Showing that, in fact the there, there was a difference in the way that they reacted and a difference in the results. And in fact, when people do nonviolent resistance, they um, they are more successful in overturning their governments. And it's it's an amazing thing to to imagine. I believe it. Yeah, one would think that. Using guns and, uh, you know, amazing, fire
0: with fire. Yeah.
1: Weaponry. I mean, I, I, I know the feeling. Believe me, when I think about some of the tyranny that goes on here, um, I, you know, I get I get really upset mm-hmm. and I can see why people want to use arms to, uh, to overthrow governments. But apparently it's not as effective um, in a study recently conducted with uh, Maria Steffem, an, um now strategic planner at the State Department, compared the outcomes of hundreds of violent insurgencies with those, major, with, uh, with those of major nonviolent resistance campaigns from 1900 to 2006. Obviously, there's not a lot of resistance movements going on, so you have to, to widen your time frame. Mm-hmm. We found that over 50% of nonviolent movements succeeded. Hmm. Repeat that back to me over 50 percent, over 50 percent of nonviolent movements succeeded compared with only 25 percent of violent insurgencies. It's a big difference. Why? For one thing, people don't have to give up their jobs, leave their families or agree to kill anyone to participate in Hmm. a nonviolent campaign. That means such movements tend to draw a wider range of participants, which gives them more access to members of the regime, including security forces and economic elites, who often sympathize with or even relatives of some of the protesters. What's more, oppressive regimes need the loyalty of their personnel to carry out their orders. Nonviolent resistance tends to reinforce that – excuse me – violent resistance tends to reinforce that loyalty because, I mean, if you've got somebody to fight against – your, your, it's on your buddies in the in the uh, trench are your buddies. But That's what they've been trained to do, by the way. is fight. Peaceful resistance undermines it. When security forces refuse orders to say fire on a peaceful protester, regimes must accommodate the op- oppression or give up power. Precisely what happened in Egypt. Now, I want you to try to imagine the difference between you know fighting next to some guy that you may or may not like um, in a you know a police force. You know, against a violent uprising. Then imagine that same guy clocking somebody in the head who's done nothing. Mm-hmm. A nonviolent protester and how you're going to feel about that guy. Then Yep, it entirely changes the scenario. This is why the Egyptian president, Hosni Mubarak, took such great pains to use armed thugs to try to provoke the Egyptian
0: demonstrators into using violence. Right. It's it's typical. It's not just Mubarak that does this. Also, cops in this country have been caught doing these. Don't put agent
1: provocateurs. Who knows how much of that violence that actually occurred during the Egyptian situation was Mubarak's
0: people. I would say a good amount. I mean, they were caught doing those things from what I understand in, in a number of cases.
1: If other uprisings across the Middle East remain nonviolent, however, we should be optimistic about the prospects for democracy there. Uh, these people, obviously, this is New York Times, right? They think democracy is great. What, yeah. That's because with a few exceptions, most notably Iran, nonviolent revolutions tend to lead to democracy. Although the change is not immediate, our data shows that from 1900-2006, 35% to 40% of authoritarian regimes that faced major nonviolent uprisings had become democracies five years after the campaign ended.
0: That's an interesting uh, statistic because it makes me wonder, I mean, you talk about how successful the uh, nonviolent resistance is and then that nonviolent campaigns lead to democracy, but we have so-called democracy in this country. So what will the nonviolent peaceful evolution lead to here?
3: Hopefully a completely voluntary or uh, consent-based society. What comes after democracy? It sounds like the steps are going that way. I mean, we, we, we violently got to a democracy here. You know, so now all the all these other nations are coming to one peacefully, so maybe we'll be the first to peacefully leave a democracy. I'd I like, like to
1: point out that somewhere right now, some old codger Republican is screaming at his radio: "This is not a democracy. Yeah, We're a, right. repub- a, a Democracy. We live in a republic. This is a republic." Yep. and To <laughs> that That's guy, just take take a take take a deep breath. Hold on. Tell me the operative difference between a democracy and a republic. Well,
0: we elect representatives in a republic. That's true, and you
1: respect a, rights. A direct democracy certainly is a democracy where everybody gets a, a, a vote. But tell me about this respecting rights thing. What other? Yeah, the Constitution. What other? Rights. I understand we have a Constitution. What makes this a republic? Because we have a Constitution. What other republic? In fact, respects rights. The People's Republic of China. Right. I mean, there's no other republic, whether it's the Senate um, of uh, Rome. I mean, that was the only other republic that I know of that was prior to the United States Republic. So this idea that we live in a republic is really just fallacious. It's just some term that someone's come up with. It means nothing. One in Greek, one means, uh, you know, democracy means of the people. And the other one, republic uh, in Latin means for the people or, or something like that. They public Democracy. Don't
0: forget the Democratic People's Republic of Korea.
1: They're That's right. a republic. Right, there's another republic. I mean, republics are all over. Republic means nothing. Uh, take a pill. Republic means nothing. <laughs> take okay. A pill. Um, so, going on here, <laughs> uh, for the nonviolent campaigns that succeeded, the figure increases to well over 50%. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to prove here, what these folks have done with, with science, is they've shown that. Nonviolent uprisings, if you can get enough people, Mm -hmm. are successful, whereas violent uprisings generally fail. So nonviolent generally succeeds, violent generally fails. This is why on Free Talk Live, although... Five years ago, Ian and I were the kind of people who are like, get your AK 47, bury 5,000 rounds in the backyard, (laughs) make sure you got plenty of solid gold Kruger on hand, and get ready to smoke them if you got them. I mean, that kind of, you know, Wolverines, kill the bad guys mentality. We've set it aside because it doesn't work. It's not very smart. And you know it 's a waste of it 's a waste of life and energy
3: sure we 've evolved to so knowing that like you know, fighting with cannonballs and uh, muzzle loaders and pointing them at each other in fields isn 't the way to solve uh, conflict disputes, but how much of this is accredited to that times, and how much of it is accredited to those times mixed with the fact that back in the day stalin would just kill you all or you know mow you yeah. down in the streets egypt w- would they have done this. If there weren't the internet, if there wasn't Twitter, if we weren't able to send something across the globe in a nanosecond.
1: Indeed, and that is a difference. Um, you know, With G- Gaddafi's situation, I don't know how I would have dealt with him. I mean, the guy's clearly off his rocker insane. Mubarak you know, had some kind of grip on reality. I don't know how Gaddafi would have continued to deal with his uh, pe- people if they would have continued nonviolence. I don't know. I ca- I'm not on the ground there, but I can say that in most scenarios... It gives you the moral high ground. Yeah, it does give you the moral high there's ground. no guarantee. In most situations, the uh, the authoritarian leader will not go out and kill tens of thousands of nonviolent protesters.
0: Just make them look bad.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, and now I'm not saying they won't kill hundreds. I think right. There's no guarantee. Hundreds, hundreds a, got killed in uh, Egypt, uh, but how many have died in, in uh, Libya? And what, will that succeed?
3: Well, it, it might. I'm saying that it, it. There's a lot of things in the in the pot to be made to to mix to whatever the cake or batter that comes out of it but like north korea that ian brought up do you think they could get out of their situation in a in a peaceful uh, nonviolent. I think form that of
0: anybody action. can change their situation through uh, through peaceful uh, evolution. But for North Korea's people Not with to the do that, great
3: leader who will just. But for
0: them, right, for them to do that, they would have to have their minds changed first, right? In order to get to what we're looking for, which is to have a bunch of liberty-minded people come here and get active for freedom in New Hampshire, we've got to get people's minds changed
3: to the ideas that these are. Uh, this is no, possible. I, I totally agree with all that. I'm saying that if a million people in the United States went out and did non cooperative, peaceful activism. It would be 10 times more successful, and we could probably win peacefully. If that same thing happened in Korea, I'll kill them all, and then there would be a violent uprising the way we were making it toppled the government.
0: It just all depends on how many people are on your side and and what other people think and and what the undercurrents of freedom are in North Korea. And we have no idea, because most people aren't allowed to go there and talk to folks and find out. Uh, It's like a prison colony. We'll see you tomorrow night, online in the meantime, at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live amp program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com and here's Mark. All
1: right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post and I have with me Gabriel Heiser. Gabriel, are you there? Yes. Now, Gabriel, I just got your book. Um, it's been a, I've had it for a few days and I've, uh, looked over it and I found some amazing things in it that the average and things that I wouldn't know I haven't had to deal with in my life. And, and, you know, maybe some of my listeners have had to deal with them and they probably, they're staring these cold facts in the face, but the average cost of a nursing home per month is almost $7,000.
5: Yes, that's true. Um, Unfortunately, obviously, in some states uh, up in the Northeast or in Hawaii, you could be ten, eleven, twelve thousand. But in your area, it's probably closer to six, seven thousand dollars a month. Yeah.
1: And um, Alzheimer's patients, as I understand, tend to live a little longer than uh, than the rest of us, I guess. Um, and that it can cost us upwards of four hundred thousand uh, dollars for them to receive care uh, for the remainder of their lives.
5: That's true. 25% of people over 80 will um, develop Alzheimer's disease, and, and they usually have to be put in a special lockdown ward because, as you know, they can wander out the door yep. and,
1: and disappear. It happened to my great aunt. I'm sorry for interrupting. Go on.
5: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and because they, they live longer, usually that's that's their only problem is mental, not physical. So. Um, it can go on for years.
1: So now, um, you know, when obviously people, you know, these costs are tremendous. I, I didn't have any idea that this is what I, what one has to put aside just for medical stuff. What, um, I, you know, I mean, people, what, what, what are ways that people can, uh, you know, cut down on these costs? I, I know that, uh, you know, Medicaid's there, but most of us don't qualify for it, right?
5: Right. I mean, the thing is, most people think that, uh, that the government will cover them under Medicare. But Medicare only covers medical expenses. It doesn't cover long-term care in a nursing home or sometimes in assisted living. It might cover that. Okay. And for that, they have to qualify for Medicaid, which is a joint federal and state program. And you're right. You have to be very close to the bone. Um, you can only have $2,000 in countable assets if you're a single individual or 112000 if you're a married couple. Everything over that is counted. There are certain assets that are exempt like a house and a car and your personal property, wedding rings, but pretty much everything other than that is going to be countable
1: so what does one do um, if uh, you know, i mean you know they, they could already be in a nursing home how, how does one protect you know protect their assets
5: well there's two ways of doing it. Um, if you only have a short time to plan, such as you get a lot of times a child gets a call and mom's in the hospital and can't go home is going to have to go right to the nursing home. Uh, Medicare will cover them for up to three months, but after that it's Medicaid. So they call the lawyer and they try to scramble around and figure out what they can do. And luckily there are quite a few things you can do even in an emergency situation like that. You should be able to protect at least half the assets using what's called a Medicaid annuity. It's a special type of annuity that's based on the federal regulations and can protect assets.
1: So you could just take your money and uh, throw it in this annuity and that that protects it in some way?
5: Well, you uh, you if you put all the money in the annuity, then you won't have enough to pay the nursing home bill. So
1: <laughs> that won't work. Uh, okay.
5: Usually it's combined with a gift. So um, for instance, somebody might make a gift, say they have $100,000 too much. So Medicaid says Oh, sorry. You can only have two thousand. You have one hundred and two. So come back after you spent it. Well, that's what they want you to do. Just like the IRS wants you to pay more taxes, but that doesn't mean you have to do it. So, using a Medicaid annuity, they could give say fifty thousand to the children, and in Florida, that causes a penalty period of ten months. Then they take the other fifty thousand and they purchase a Medicaid annuity, and then that will pay them whatever the difference between their, say, their Social Security and the cost of the nursing home for that 10 months. And after that, the uh, there, there was a penalty period for 10 months, but that's gone now. So now they're qualified for Medicaid, and they've saved $50,000 by doing that.
1: So this little shell game, can uh, can anyone get in, in trouble um, legally for, for doing this, for moving things around like this?
5: Oh, no, not at all. Actually, the Medicaid... Annuity is, uh, those rules are spelled right out in the federal statute. So um, it doesn't talk about gifts. It just says that, uh, that the, if you have an annuity, it won't be countable if it meets the following requirements. And then the lawyers had to figure out, okay, well, the annuity is protected, but how can we combine that with a gift to get some money out of the person's name?
1: Well, you just, so said, it's law- it's- you just said lawyer. That sounds like $100,000 to me.
5: Oh, you mean the legal bill?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, every time you, every time you employ a lawyer, you've, you've just lost $100,000.
5: Well, no, it's not <laughs> that bad. But um, unfortunately, the Medicaid rules are so complicated, it's just not a do-it-yourself project. Okay. So I wrote the book so that people could understand what the rules are until they, they don't get themselves in trouble by doing certain things wrong. But the bottom line is, eventually, they're probably going to have to go see an attorney at least for, uh, for some period of time, for some number of hours, to get this thing really squared away properly. What's the name of the book? It's called How to Protect Your Family's Assets from Devastating Nursing Home Costs, Medicaid Secrets. And the website for it is MedicaidSecrets.com.
1: MedicaidSecrets.com. So yeah. um, now, what is estate recovery and why is that important?
5: Well, say we take that individual that uh, did the planning with $100,000, and now they're safely in the nursing home, and Medicaid is paying their bill. So each month, the state is paying for their care, say, four or $5,000, because maybe they have some Social Security that will contribute towards the cost also.
1: Let's hope so. So, I mean, if, let's hope it's still around. <laughs> oh,
5: well, it's still there now, but... Yep. Um, so at the end of a year, the state is paid 60000 and at the end of two years, it's paid 120000 and so forth. So now the individual in a nursing home dies, and now the state wants to be repaid. So unlike Medicare, where they pay that doctor or the hospital, and that's for your benefit, you don't have to pay back Medicare. But Medicaid, you have to pay back the state. So that's called a state recovery. And you might be thinking, well, how could the person qualify for Medicaid? By definition, they couldn't have had any assets. So what is the state going to be going after?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm befuddled. <laughs> go ahead.
5: Well, in most states, they go after the House. But thank goodness in Florida, they don't go after the House.
1: Homestead exemption.
5: Uh, that's right. It's exempt. And so that's a wonderful benefit for people who, who apply for Medicaid in the state of Florida. So a state recovery uh it's pretty minimal in 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 Florida so you nothing to worry about is that
1: the reason uh, most ol, old folks move down to Florida but that in the weather you don't slip on ice
5: that's right that's a good reason
1: <laughs> well there's a lot of golf courses too oh yeah so um anything else that uh, people who might have parents that are getting to be that age um might need to know obviously you know if your parents are getting that age, perhaps uh you know medicaid dot com would be the place to start looking but um, anything else you they need to know
5: yeah, one thing I always like to mention is uh what's called a durable power of attorney. you've yep. probably heard of those yep and it's it's really for people of any age because if you become disabled or in a coma, you could be in a car wreck of any age and you need somebody to make financial decisions for you a lot of times. They can't do that. They might have to go to court. But if you've signed a simple document, which oftentimes only costs $100 or $200 from an attorney, um, and then the person that you've named in the power of attorney can make these financial decisions and go to the bank. Now, why that's important for Medicaid planning is I always recommend you get the power of attorney that includes specific provisions to allow gifting and these kinds of things we're talking about, like purchasing a Medicaid annuity or even setting up a trust.
1: So this durable power of attorney. Um, my understanding is you can get one of those at LegalZoom.com too. Uh, you know, they sort of uh, there's also uh, programs that one can get um, if one goes to you know uh, stores. I think like Office Max or or things like that. that, that
5: yeah, that would be good for younger people, but for one's parents or grandparents, those forms I've never seen one that includes provisions to do Medicaid planning. And without that, and without the ability to have specific provisions that allow for gifting, the general rule is that The power of attorney wouldn't allow gifting, wouldn't allow this kind of planning.
1: Well, I I guess you better, we better get the one that works then.
5: Yeah, so I mean, I'm not trying to drum up business for attorneys, but unfortunately the, uh, I mean, LegalZoom could do that, but they just don't. So you kind of have to. The The other thing I would say is that if people have a little time to plan, such as five years out, then they could consider an irrevocable trust. Mm-hmm. Anything in that trust after five years is totally protected from Medicaid. So that's counting again.
1: That's for folks who are, you know, in their fifties or sixties. They're, um you know, thinking about, you know, what's the rest of my life going to be like. They should uh, be looking at these irrevocable trusts.
5: Yeah, I would say sixties or seventies, because you really can't keep any interest in the trust, except maybe an income interest. So. Anything that goes in there, you're really are giving up control over it. Most people don't want to do that if, you know, unless they really have to. Gotcha.
1: Well, Gabriel, it's um, been a lot of great information here. If, po- uh, if folks have parents that are in this uh, age bracket or they themselves are in this age bracket, they need to start thinking about it, and com sounds like a a place to start.
5: Yeah, I've prepared a 13-page free report, which they can download by going to that site. And it talks about the Medicaid annuity and some of the other topics we've talked about.
1: That Medicaid annuity, annuity sounds like a uh, very good thing. If you're if you're right there, you know, and and get ready to go into a nursing home, you can uh, toss some money in there, and hopefully, you won't have to uh, give the government quite as much of your hard-earned money.
5: Yeah, well, that's true. Definitely works.
1: Gabriel Heiser, thank you very much.
5: All right, thank you. It's great to talk to you.
1: Yes, sir. Bye.
5: Bye now.